Hey, um, it's another night at Got Me Live, and out of the box, I got to throw a shout out to Texas Dave. We missed him last week, uh, but he's got a post up on the forum about this Olali berry. Now, I have never had an Olali berry in my life, have no clue what it even looks like, tastes like, or anything else, but. Uh, you got to check this post out. He's got this recipe going on. He calls it the Olali Berry Explosion. Uh, it's his take on Kurt Stock's uh, famous or infamous uh, Superberry Melomel. And instead of using the frozen triple berry blend, he used uh, these Olali berries uh, in place of the blackberries and raspberries. And. He says he bought a bag. Uh, he must have bought a lot of bags because uh, <laughs> he went through and picked out all the <laughs> all the blackberries, apparently. But he had so much fruit. Uh, he went up with so much fruit, he had to go out and buy a 10-gallon fermenter for oh, all dear. the food. <laughs> yeah, fruit's like that, though. I mean, I, I always, I'll always i make a five-gallon batch, and I'm in a seven-gallon fermenter every time because the fruit just does what it does. Yeah. Texas Dave, I know you're listening tonight, so uh, a little later on in the show, hey, give us a holler. I want to talk to you about this old lolly berry deal you got going here. I'm, I'm curious because <laughs> I've not had, uh, what is it, uh, yapping honey, whopping yeah, honey. Yeah. Nice to, yeah, I'm not quite sure the pronunciation there, but... Um, that, that honey sounds interesting. I'm curious uh, what that's like. That, it's not one that makes it up my way. So Yeah, like Yupon honey. What the hell is Yupon honey? Well, I think I think it's a kind of I think it's a kind of desert plant. I seem to remember reading that somewhere, but I, I don't know the correct pronunciation. Nor have I ever had the honey, so I'd be interested in no more. Uh, about he it. is uh, he he is down there in Texas, so uh, you know a Yupon plant. I mean. I don't know. What do you do? What do you do when you go to the uh, to the garden center at your nursery and ask for a yupon plant? Uh, well, on the Upper it, Peninsula, you do it side by each, eh? But you know, it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> going down to going down to the plant shop with a beer, don't you know? Side by each, going to get a yupon plant. Hey, uh, welcome to Cal- a Valley. <laughs> What? Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it, it's like Minnesotan Valley Girl, you know. It's, it's there you go. Hey, welcome to God Mead Live. Uh, this is a show where you can meet all sorts of people that impact mead making, including beekeepers, honey specialists, and the people who turn a hobby into a business. We've had a bunch of those on the show. It's always a party here at God Mead Live. My co-host tonight, Vicky Rowe, owner of God Mead. Yeah, of course, you're my co-host all, every night. Yeah, I was going to say, you uh, only tonight like I'm never around. I mean, yeah. hello, it's my show, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Vicky Rowe, owner of GodMead.com, and of course, A.J. Ehrman, longtime winemaker, beer brewer, mead maker, and keeper of the Toothless Rabbit. How's that? <laughs> Bun Helsing gets mentions everywhere. Hey, Bun I, Helsing. Bun Helsing, the rabbit of doom. <laughs> Bun Helsing, the devourer, please, and thank you. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. It's, I didn't realize he was the devourer. Devourer of all things green. Ah, yes. <laughs> hey, Mike Tripka is going to join us here tonight uh, a little bit later on. Uh, he's coming out of uh, Savannah, Georgia. He's hooked up with the uh, Savannah Brewers League down there. He's also uh, very instrumental uh, involved with the uh, uh, Domerus Cup down there. So we're going to be talking to him a little bit later on in the show. 
And uh, I know everybody's been waiting. Uh, Vicky's been uh, to get my second article posted, so it's up. It went up this afternoon. Part two to the brew shop. Go check it out. Gotmead.com is right smack dab on the front page there. Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm having fun writing these things because this is a very, this is a true account of my whole journey through this mead experience. Uh, the next one uh, we come to is AJJD in the JAOM. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh dear God, attack of the killer, attack of the killer uh, uh, initials yeah. there. <laughs> Where I met AJ, uh, and uh, we've had we had some, I don't know how many late night. I mean, we're talking one, two o'clock in the morning. Late. That's night for you. Policy. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm even later. <laughs> uh, conversations about uh, about making mead and, and whatnot. And uh, she did experience uh, one of my rants on the on the uh, black current deal uh, that we'll put in the article too. So uh, part three coming in a couple of weeks. It just takes me that long to get it worked out and get it on paper. So. Um, Name that mead style. We kind of had fun with that last week. We're going to do it again uh, at the end of the show here tonight. There, there's a whole bunch of uh, name name that mead style styles that we're going to go through. See if you can't pick up on some, too. Give us a holler when we get to it. Uh, what are we drinking tonight? Um, I dug through the stash and pulled and rejected several bottles before I settled on uh, – St. Ambrose Meadery's Razzmatazz. It's a raspberry melomel, and it's really good. Tart, sweet at the same time. It's a sweet mead. So if you're, you know, a dry mead person, you might not necessarily go for it. But I fell in love with it. I was up at the uh, up at the meadery and uh, took some Big Al subs from Manistee, Michigan. Shout out to my uh, to my peeps back home. And uh, we took some Big Al subs up there, sat at the bar in the tasting room and tried every mead they had and came away with close to a case of stuff by the time it was all said and done. Did, <laughs> did, did you actually, yeah, by the last glass, did you actually know what you were drinking? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, we were just tasting, you know. I mean, it was just a sip here and a sip there to try what we liked. Then we settled down with what we liked best and had a glass of that. And then uh, when we were done visiting and, and chowing, we brought subs for everybody for the whole staff and uh when we got done chowing we uh decided what we were gonna buy and they do they aren't just mead they do wine as well so um that was that's the guy i was telling you about jd up in northern michigan who has all the honey um all the hives yeah 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 yeah. so so we'll we'll have them we'll have them on the show probably soon i gotta give them a call and see if they want to come on but yeah they make they make a whole range of really interesting wines and meads i've got some dry wines from them and some semi-sweets and even a um spirit that or a you know a fortified like a port style that they did yeah very good aj you and i are drinking the same thing tonight <laughs> yeah the golden coast sour orange blossom mead and i'm actually really surprised at how much i like this um the sour is not at all overpowering it just fits and the um despite being a dry mead it does not at all have that dry mead flavor that sometimes turns me off of dry meads and it's this is really really lovely mm-hmm. i can drink that all summer man yeah, you know, I was just going to say, uh, you know, and everybody knows about me and my carbonated drinks. This is 
This is very acceptable. This is something that I could drink on a really hot summer day out here. I can, I can see Frank rolling his eyes. Acceptable. Yeah. At least he didn't say <laughs> adequate, you know. Adequate. <laughs> I love it, Frank. Hard, Frank. You, can, you have my permission to smack him, Frank, when he comes up to the meadery. I know you're listening, Frank. Uh, but th- this is this is absolutely something that I would drink on a hot day. Of course, uh, that's probably coming here in Southern California in a couple of weeks. But um, I almost it it almost uh, and Edgy, I don't know if you feel the same way, but it almost feels like it. I could add something to it, like mint leaves or you know, mint would just be a, kind of a refreshing. I don't know. Addition. I think I like it. I, I really know. like it just the way it is. I, I don't think this one needs anything at all. Very good. Outstanding. Well, I'll tell you what, Frank, it's good stuff. Uh, I tend on getting some more. Especially <laughs> love the other two, the orange blossom and, and the other, uh, the Sauvage uh, Bois. Yeah. <laughs> Savage boys. Isn't that what I called it? Yeah. That's what you did. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, the show link. That's all right. Tonight. We were we were embarrassed on your behalf. It was good. Right. <laughs> the show links tonight. If you don't know already, hey, it's gotme.com. Plain and simple. Just go up to the links on the top of the page up there. You'll see it. It's radio show something or other link up there. You can't miss. <laughs> uh, yeah. Everything about the show is right there. So we're not going to go through the whole SoundCloud tune all that stuff. If you want the uh, if you want to take the show with you. Uh, you just get it right there. All the apps are available right there from gotme.com. And that's enough. That's all we're going to say about it. <laughs> Facebook, Got Mead. Just go to your Facebook deal and type in Got Mead and it'll be right there. So join join that. And also the group, uh, there, there's a bunch of Mead groups out there. Join them all like I did. Yeah, there's a bunch uh, of good. There's, there's several really good ones. And uh, some of them are, are extremely active. So yeah, you should definitely. I got one of the things I got to do is make a list of, uh, and a list of links to all the really popular mead groups for people. And uh, if you can't call us tonight uh, or any other night, you can Twitter us. Is that tweet? A, I, tweet. You can tweet us. <laughs> we will get you trained. <laughs> oh, there, and it's right there in the notes. Tweet us. Ding, ding. Yeah. Tweet us at Got Mead Now. So uh, if you can't give us the holler, at 818-921-4680. Tweet us at Got Mead Now. How's that? There you uh, go. Ask Oscar. Uh, keep the questions coming. Uh, there again, the link is still up there at the top of the page. I believe it's right underneath the radio station. It is, yeah. And those of you that have sent in questions that haven't gotten answered yet, please be patient with us. Pete's on hiatus while he, he is the president of the Mazer Cup. So he's kind of busy right now. Getting yeah. things tweaked up for that, so um, we're trying to stay out of his way <laughs> and not piss him off. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and uh, you can become a patron member. I keep pushing that. Uh, you really need to. Uh, you really need to get the uh, the uh, membership going there. Join. I think it's twenty five dollars a year. Uh, there's a whole other side of the forum. If you're not a patron member yet. Uh, a lot of good information, uh, you know, information that even me, uh, I've been taking uh, advantage of. Um, so with that, uh, we're going to step away, take our commercial break. When we come back, Mike Tripka is going to join us here tonight from Savannah, Georgia. Sit tight. 
from the most amazing and creative alcoholic beverages made from honey. Bee Nectar is a worldwide sensation. Bee Nectar gives their fans a variety of options from their famous zombie killer, a hard cider made with honey and cherries to kill all the golfers, a lightly carbonated draft mead made with black tea and lemon juice. Bee Nectar makes mead, ciders, and beers that extend beyond the traditional. They let their imaginations guide them. Learn more at BeeNectar.com. That's BeeNectar with a K.com. If you're a mead maker, you need GotMead.com. It is the absolute best and most complete resource for mead making you will ever need. The forum consists of recipes, discussion on equipment, techniques, and methods, complete with its own batch calculator. GotMead.com offers everything you need to start making mead today. And for just $25 a year, as a patron member, you'll have access to proven award-winning recipes, fermentation management, equipment discussion, and a whole lot more. GotMead.com. Sign up today. Growing up in a culture where home winemaking was a way of life, Sergio Mutella naturally began making wine himself as an adult, finding his way into brewing beer and eventually his discovery of mead. Earning numerous mead-making awards, Melovino opens his doors, becoming the first meadery in the Garden State. Featuring 20 different craft meads with amazing variety, Melovino is the fastest-growing meadery in the country. Melovino offers tastings and tours every weekend, and all of their meads are available online, shipping to 22 states across the country. Go to melovino.com and book your tour and tasting today. Located at 2933 Vauxhall Road near the rear of the Milburn Mall in Vauxhall, New Jersey. Melovino.com. Hey, this is J.D. Webb from Got Mead Live. You know, it's all about the mead here at Got Mead, and I have to tell you, I am in love with Fling from Moonlight Meadery. The way they balance the tartness from the rhubarb against the semi-sweet strawberry and orange blossom honey is just amazing. Do yourself a favor. Go buy some Moonlight Meadery Meads now. Visit them at their online store at moonlightmeadery.com forward slash store or ask for it where you shop. Demand it where you shop. Ask for Moonlight Meadery Meads. And we are back live here at Got Mead Live. And uh, our guest tonight, I suppose, you know, Vicky, I suppose we could just title this segment, Mr. Beer Finds Mike Tripka. Mike has been a home brewer. <laughs> Mike's been a home brewer since 1995 and very instrumental in the development of the Domer's Cup. And he also belongs to the, I believe it's the Savannah Brewers League. Is that right, Mike? Yes, that's right. Savannah Brewers League. Ab- egg. Perfect. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, Go back to, um, let, let, let's start with the, the Mr. Beer in 1995. Yeah, I've been, you know, I've been very involved in, uh, in another hobby. Uh, actually, I was a bowling official in New Jersey, and my wife wanted, wanted me to get into a different hobby. So she buys me a Mr. Beer for Christmas. Very, ah. You know, like ha 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 me you can make your own beer well uh within about two months the uh you know, the seller started filling up with equipment and carboys and then it was off to the races from there so uh, <laughs> uh and uh actually i was i was one of the founding members of uh the whales out of Woodbridge, new jersey and uh They've done very well. In fact, the uh, the Boyle brothers were uh, mead makers of the year this past year at uh, AHA, uh, and that comes that comes out of my home club. And also, nice. uh, Sergio Matola, 
who's the owner of uh, Melovino, uh, is also a member of the Wales, too. So I kind of like to think that maybe I had a little instrumental in, you know, bringing me to that club and then getting those guys started. But in, uh, in, in uh, brewing beer, uh, entered some competitions, and I happened to win a, uh, a uh, packet of mead yeast, sat in my refrigerator for about a year, couldn't decide what to do with it, and got up with my buddy Luke Costu and said, uh, you know, you want to split a five-gallon batch? Because what in God's name am I ever going to do with five gallons of mead? And <laughs> that was my thought the first five gallon batch I ever made. So I understand yeah, that. One. Same here. This is a lot of stuff. So, 15 minutes later, it was all gone. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, we ended up making it at the, uh, at one of our whales, uh, group brews. And it was a day where all the uh, bees came out as we we're mixing everything up in, in the back. We got relegated to the, to the corner of the yard. And, uh, the short of it was that first batch turned out pretty well. And then uh, we started making more. We actually found out that there was a, an atheist in, uh, in Fords, New Jersey, believe it or not, in the, almost an urban section. And we had a good source of uh, raw honey. And then it was just all sort of races after that. Uh, nice. And then, we, yeah, and then we, you know, I moved down to Savannah, Georgia, and looking for an Albro club. And, well, actually, I, I live in Bluffton, South Carolina, which is just over the river. And... Uh, joined the Savannah Brewers League, and lo and behold, they've been running a meat competition for about the last eight or nine years. And so, you know, I've been making meat now for about five, six years, and uh, just fell into it, and we grew the Dahmer's Cup from a little uh, inter-club competition to uh, regional, getting some clubs out of Atlanta, uh, Columbia, South Carolina, uh, Greenville, South Carolina, and to uh, to where it is now, to where we're uh, we anticipate having close to 125 to 130 entries this year. Which nice, is a substantial uh, increase from last year. We had 100 last year, and we've also uh, using this as an opportunity to partner with Ronald McDonald House of Savannah oh, to uh, cool. help further further their mission. And use it as a third-party fundraiser for them. Nice. So uh, it seems to be uh, it seems to be going pretty well. Well, and and you had told me when we spoke um, that the cups named after Chuck Domrus, right? Yes, Chuck Domrus. I, I didn't know Chuck, but he was a uh, he was a member who uh, unfortunately passed away, and he was a, a mead maker within the club, and they name this competition after him uh, in, honor of, in honor of him. And nice. he kept it and kept it going. And uh, so uh, it's more of a tradition within within Savannah that we have this uh, the Thomas Cup going. And how, how long has the Cup been going? Did you guys got it. It's just a very old competition. Uh, this will be the 18th consecutive year that we have, that we've hosted and held the competition. Uh, so we like to pride ourselves as, uh, being the second longest continuous running competition on the same weekend. And we always hold it the, uh, the weekend before a Super Bowl. Oh, wow. So we, uh, 
we're pulling uh, we're pulling entries from all over all over the country. Uh, social media has been great as far as getting getting the word out for everyone. Last year, we actually had an international uh, entry too. We had uh, an entry coming from Uruguay. Nice, so it's pretty interesting. That is cool. <laughs> so, we, so, so, are you guys still open for entries right now? Yes, entries are still open. In fact, uh, we were going to close them on the twenty eighth. We've been experiencing some some difficulties with our website last week, and just to make sure that everyone has has the opportunity to get into the uh, the Dahmer's Cup, we're going to extend it out to uh, January thirty first. Uh, you can register your entries as long as we receive them on or before Friday the fifth. And then we'll be able to have, have have them all ready for the competition the next day. So we'll be able to uh, afford everybody the opportunity to to get into the uh, into the competition. And this is for home right. brewers only, right? Yes, this is a home brewers only uh, comp- competition. You know, as long as nothing's been made on a commercial system, uh, and that the entrant is still considered an amateur mead maker. Uh, we don't we don't have a uh, professional uh, division such as the Mazer Cupwood or uh, some of the other ones such as Meat Free or Die. So, uh, and we have a limited pool of judges. Although I have to say that our our pool of judges, uh, we were one of the first clubs to go through the uh, BJCP Meat certification classes. So we had so we have a good cache of experienced judges out there who can uh, give some good feedback. And I think that's important for anyone who enters into the competition is that they get quality feedback. Uh, We also have some judges coming in, by the way, we have judges coming in from all over the country. Uh, Commercial mead makers are coming in. Uh, Michael Fairbrother is going to come down and judge with us. He's done that for the last two years. Uh, And his wife, Bernice, will come down. Uh, We have... uh, Vicky, uh, you're invited for this year, yeah. so you've you've committed to come down. I really appreciate that. Uh, we have a few other people who are have meteries in progress uh, in licensing. They're going to be coming coming down. Nice. In addition, pulling judges from Florida, Atlanta, uh, Charlotte, because we we proctored Charlotte's uh, meet meet judge exam. For them, so now they have a so now they have a little pool of judges, and uh, what the competition is also uh, done is we're part of the uh, Southeast uh, Brewers uh, competition. So it encompasses competitions in North Carolina, South Carolina, and in Georgia. And the Dahmer's Cup is the first competition within that circuit. And in addition, uh, three comp- three meat competitions. We started the East Coast Meat Maker of the Year with uh, Valhalla, which was back in October. Us in Savannah, and then Meat Free or Die up in New Hampshire in April. And it's a separate uh, competition. It doesn't act, it doesn't cost anyone anything to get into it. We have a, uh, a prize being donated by Dutch Honey, uh, Dutch Gold Honey, uh, a five-gallon pail for the person who accumulates the most points in these three competitions. Nice. So wow. You're going to get points. Wow. You're going to you're going to get points for finishing first, second, or third in the in in the flights, 
for a second, third, and best to show. And then that person will get a uh, a, a five five gallon pail of honey. And in addition, I had a, a local potter here in Bluffton, uh, Jacob Preston Studios, make us up a East Coast Mead Maker of the Year uh, award. So it's a, it's a custom, custom uh, large mead cup that uh, you know that we can give out to the uh, uh, to the winner. Nice. Once again, just trying to just trying to uh, um, move everything forward and create um, more interest in the, in the competitions, uh, you know, for the three of us. And then, you know, as you, know, you have with the Mazer Cup, which is going great. Yeah, uh, yeah. Ten, so ten days to uh, to fill up home entries. I think it was ten or eight or ten <laughs> days. It was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's oh, it's it's faster amazing. and faster every it, year. You get it's amazing. Um, how, you know, Go ahead, Mike. No, no, no. You first. Oh, well, I was, I was going to ask, uh, at this competition, at, at the Domer's Cup, do you get people just off the street that, that come in and, and watch? or? Uh... It's, it's, it's fairly closed. Um, we have uh, our judges, if they have any spouses or significant others, stewards, and the same, our club members. Uh, running it, we also this year uh, since we're partnering for the, uh, for Ronald McDonald House, we've been soliciting sponsors for the uh, for the competition. So we ask our sponsors to come along, and we've had some very great people step up. Uh, we plan on donating all of the entry fees, and we're going to be holding a uh, a raffle silent auction afterwards of which all those proceeds will go towards Ronald McDonald House. We're able to get uh, get most of the competition underwritten by local by local people nice. for this charity. Uh, some awesome prizes, uh, such as here in Bluffton, uh, the Bluffton Cottage Bed and Breakfast uh, donated two nights in the B&B. Oh, uh, oh, I'll have to bid on that one. That sounds great. <laughs> bring, bring your checkbook. Uh, no, <laughs> Not a right. problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we also had uh, Service Brewing uh, donate a uh, brew session to make a bracket on their pilot system. Service Brewing is a new brewery uh, here in Savannah that is uh, service and military orientated. The owner is a former West Point grad uh, mm-hmm. who's a very good friend of ours. But they give back to the, uh, to the military community. And uh, Kevin Ryan has, has uh, graciously donated this... Uh, this brew session. We have a You're brewery that, session with. Yep. <laughs> when JD and I were just talking about this very thing a couple of hours ago, and he's like, "There should be a place where you could go in and like make your mead." And I'm going, "They're out there. Trust yeah. me." <laughs> well, for instance, if I had a five-gallon bucket of honey, uh, but I didn't have the facilities to to you know make that much meat i mean you know where could i take my five gallon bucket of honey and say hey can you make me you know a couple hundred bottles or whatever it would yield i guess yeah, it's only a case and a half jd well i mean you yeah, know, well, in, well I, interesting concept you know yeah well actually what he's going to you because know, he's a production brewery and they're looking to do this for their uh for their r&d brews so this will be something that they'll they'll put on tap in their tasting room, uh, you know, when it's ready. Um, we've oh, also nice. had uh, S- S- Southern Barrel, which is a new new brewery opened here in Bluffton, uh, is offering to make a honey-based beer. 
on the, on their pilot system. That's another bit. Uh, we have, uh, of course, you know, being here in the South, a uh, golf course in one of the golf courses in Savannah Quarters. Well, yeah. Uh, Duh, it's Savannah. <laughs> yeah. uh, people ask me, I'm really, you know, being originally from New Jersey, why did I move down here with all the humidity? Well, I just tell them you don't have to shovel humidity. As proved by this past weekend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but sadly, you can't shovel ice, which, as proved by this last weekend, is we got like three inches of ice by the time it was all said and done. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that doesn't work. Yeah, it's, it started uh, out as snow and then it sort of melted and then froze again. It was like, great. <laughs> yeah, no, you don't want to do that. Um, we've also had uh, Savannah Bee, which is a uh, uh, local hunting house down here uh they provide the best to show five gallon bucket of honey and and some additional prizes for our uh, uh for our raffle uh, another uh, honey purveyor capital b company has uh, graciously stepped up and they are sponsoring the uh, oysters for our oyster roast that we have because what we do is not only do we have the competition but also for the judges uh, club members and other people who helped out. Uh, we have a low country boil and oyster roast. And uh, oh my God. Includes which, which, which is the real, which is, which is the real reason I'm driving. This uh, yeah, is <laughs> Yeah. He's like, come down and judge. Oh, we have wow. low country boil and oyster roast. And I'm like, when do I need to be there? It's a very, it's a very easy sell. Yeah. Notice he yeah. waits a tour halfway through this to mention that. Wow. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow, my God. Wow. Yeah. And that's it. You have not lived until you've had, uh, when, until yeah. you've had a southern coast low country boil. It just doesn't oh get any God, better yes. than that. Wow. Yep. And, and actually, that's being underwritten uh, by an anonymous benefactor who they don't want to take credit for it. They just want to give back. Uh, oh, wow. You know, to, nice. To, to nice. McDonald House. Uh, Moon River Brewing is uh, is coordinating the pulled pork. Uh, McDonald's, of course, is uh, providing us uh, sausage biscuits in the morning. Uh, a local uh, uh, burger house here in Bluffton, Fat Patties, uh, they're they're providing a, a certificate for 26 weeks of gourmet burgers uh, that that you can bid on. Also, uh, Dang. and then we have Publix. Public supermarket. Uh, my local bee club, the Buford Jasper Beekeepers Association, has come up with a uh, uh, gift basket, uh, cookbook, a uh, and other uh, things that for the uh, Chinese auction. Uh, the distillery has come up with some gift cards. The distillery is a uh, craft beer bar here in Savannah, and they have 20, 21 beers on tap. And uh, another great place, good stop in Savannah. And we have a, you know, a, a lot of other places out of Pooler. Uh, Pooler World of Beer, giving us a dinner for two. Uh, the Mediterranean Tavern, David Williams has given us a hummus platter. Uh, they have a uh, hookah bar, cigar lounge, and tapas they, they, they provide. Wow. Jersey Mike's and Pooler, uh, assorted sandwiches from Davis. Jimmy John's and Pooler, Bill Politi's. A uh, sandwich platter that's just helping out us uh, helping us out with the lunch. Chicken salad, chick. Uh, sample platter of Tim and Tim and Kelly Pulowski, uh, very generous, and it's coming out of their pool location. They also have a location in Savannah. 
uh, Little Caesars pizza out of Polar, five mm. pizzas. Mellow Mushroom, two pizzas. Shane's Rib Shack, giving us some uh, good Georgia peach collar. Oh, and then we have, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. See, it, it's, it's not only about the meat. Yeah, uh, I know. No, 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 it's about the food. Honey, yeah. can you book gonna... me a flight to Savannah, Georgia? <laughs> <laughs> like, God, I'm coming. Yeah, you're wow. a, yeah, he's a, he, he's a foodie, Mike. So, <laughs> wow, wow, wow. I, I mean, you know, that it just man, it sounds like a like a really cool atmosphere. Uh, yeah, well, we, yeah, we yeah, yeah, we party well. That's that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, and you know, Mike, you got to check out the little. Uh, one-off uh, hotel I found that's like r- really reasonable night prices, and it's a local. It's a local place. It's not a chain, and um, they're okay. like t- they're like five minutes from you. And um, I'll send you the I'll send you the uh, the link offline. But uh, I was stunned, and the place looks fabulous. And you need to like hit them up for donations next year. Okay, that's not a problem. You know, we can do that. Um, yeah, because we also have the Bohemian Hotel. And Habersham Beverage is, is actually donating to defray the venue costs because we, we hold this in a, uh, in a Lutheran church retreat, but it's a beautiful setting. It's right on the Savannah River. And if we, and if we catch a really nice day, it'll be gorgeous because we'll also probably catch the sunset coming over the river too. So wow. um, it just makes it nice. This is, this is why we moved south to come down here. Damn, what have I been missing up here? <laughs> well, yeah. What am I tell you? You know, the South is a place to be, you know? Well, I am yep. in the South. No, you're Southern, not. Southern California. You just no, wrong South, yeah. JD. No, you're not. Uh, don't even think, don't even think that you can even call that the South, all right? You know, just. Uh, yeah, yeah, here we Mike, go. Um, yeah, yeah. That's so not happening. Talk, talk about the uh, let's talk about the Savannah Brewers League for a minute. Do, do you find more beer brewers uh, starting to get into the mead uh, deal here? Well, well, because you know, because we run this competition, uh, we're we're very uh, mead focused uh, within within the club. So we have a, a substantial number of members who do participate in the Dahmer's Cup. Uh, and as I said, we, we were one of the first clubs to have um, to go through the BJCP meet certification program. So we have a good pool. In fact, we're, we're putting together another class that should come off, hopefully start at the end of this year with, you know, with the studying. And I believe that we're set up for 2017, but I, I had to check the schedule on that. Uh, but what we do, too, is uh, we... We, you know, we attend some of the other competitions around here. And because we have such a good pool of meat judges, when we do travel, say, up to Charleston for their competition, or up in Columbia, or we'll be going up to uh, Charlotte, they typically put us on the meat table. So it's, uh, you know, we're known as the meat, as a meat guys, you know, coming up there to, to do the judging. Wow. So it's, so, you know, it's a nice feather in your cap that, you know, people, you know, realize, you know, that you can give good feedback uh, and help their competition along too. Yeah. Uh, that's right. You know, when I first started, uh, you, know, you know, a lot of people say, "Well, I don't know anything about judging," or "I don't." I said, "Well, come on and and steward," because we typically that's how you learn. I mean, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I mean, 
I, you know, I learned stewarding uh, at competitions with uh, Dave Hausman up in up in the Poconos and sitting in on the meat tables and the judges would also let you, you know, would also let me try and taste whatever they were tasting so you get to pick up what what they perceived uh, in the meads and then you typically you would be paired with another rank judge which is what we try to do uh, in Savannah and yeah, and the only way you can, you can pick it up is by experience uh, you know, I yeah. learned, uh, I was, yeah, I was on, uh, the first time I judged, uh, I got put onto a meat, onto a meat table, uh, out in Atlanta and my scores and my perceptions were very close to what the lead judge was picking up also. So I felt pretty good. You know, I'm, I figured I was on a pretty good path, kind of knowing where, you know, what, what I needed to, uh, uh, do say and what I needed to, you know, how I needed to evaluate the meats and just keep on asking to be put on the meat table. Yeah. And, you know, that's just how you do it. That's the way we uh, train them up. I mean, we actually create our own judge pool to a certain extent at the Mazer yeah. Cup when, when we started it all up. You know, when we had the professionals and we had the mead judges and we also had some pretty prominent beer judges who were also into mead that we were bringing in. But um, there's never enough. And as fast as the Mazer Cup has grown, and I'm sure you're experiencing this now, um, there's not enough judges to go around. There's just not enough that can break away and come to wherever to do the judging. Right. And when I first got started out way back before the Mazer Cup, back in the 90s, when I was hanging out with Julia Hers and um, David Myers, when they were running the, um, the uh, International Mead Festival, I, you know, they're like, you need to judge. And I'm going, oh, I don't know how to do that. And they're going, that's okay. We got you covered. They sat me at a table with, <laughs> with, with Ken yeah. Tram. And, and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, it's Ken Tram. And I was like too, too scared to even, too scared to even. It's like, oh, my God, it's Ken Tram. You know, it was like, here, sit at the table with God, and God will teach you how to judge me. You know? And then, of course, and of course, Ken being Ken is like, please. And he rolls his eyes. Right. Some famous oh, movie actor or something. He is the, he is the most, I mean, uh, um, I know I know that, uh, that, that um, JD and AJ, you guys haven't met him yet, but. I'm totally uh, going all fangirl on him just because. Oh my God, yeah. I, I used to squeeze every time he talked to me. It was hilarious. Inside, of course, but you know. It's like, you know, but. <laughs> But every time you do something like that, you do, oh my God, it's Ken Tramp. Or something. He's like, he rolls his eyes. He's like, seriously, really? Oh my God, I'm just this guy, you know? I mean, he's he's so Arthur Dent about the whole thing. It's hilarious. Well, he was a, he was a fun guy to talk to. We, we had Ken Tramp on the show. We did, uh, yeah. But I mean, to meet him in person, everybody guy. thinks he's like, you know, they treat him like he's this big thing. And he is. I mean, he's, he's, he's done so much for the industry. But I mean, yeah. the, the thing was, though, was that sitting at a table with him was very instructive. And he was terribly patient with my stupid questions. And um, we did, and you guys have all heard it, so I won't do the whole thing, but we did a, um, a um, oh shoot, I hate it when the word goes out of my head, um, cactus, uh, flat cactus, and I can't, they remember, they make tequila out of it. <laughs> Agave? Uh-huh. Thank agave. you. It wasn't agave meat. I just totally, the word just went poo right out of my head. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, it was an agave meat, and I'd never had one. 
Um, not a big fan of tequila after ODing on it in college, so I don't really drink it anymore. And um, I didn't care for the mead. So that's that was my first lesson in how to judge a mead you really don't like. You know, a flavor right. that you personally just ick out on. How do you get around that and judge on that? So I just basically kind of pushed that out of the way and sat and asked Ken questions about what's it supposed to taste like? What am I supposed to be looking for here? What's, you know, what's right? What's wrong with this? And I mean, basically I didn't really get to judge it. I just played little Ken clone, but um, you know, it was how I learned that. And and that was, for me, that was huge, you know, because then after that they sat me, I got to sit with, God, I got to sit with some of the, like, you know, some of the huge names, Kurt Stock and, of course, Julia Hers and, you know, um, just, you know, some people who have been doing this forever. And they all were very patient and very teaching. And long story short, the point of all of this is, of course, that these people are out there and are willing to help you if you're willing to sit down and learn. Oh, oh absolutely. I mean, I have a cute Ken Tran story. Uh, back in... 2011, uh, when the uh, uh, when the uh, AHA was going to be held out in uh, San Diego, uh, our daughter had just moved out to Escondido, and I said, "Okay, well, you know, we'll go out to the convention." And I, I go on the AHA website, and Ken posted up that he was looking for any amateur meat maker to come and present at the convention with him. Nice. Oh yeah, so, you told me about this. This is a good story. <laughs> yeah, so, so uh, I had I had made uh, uh, made mead, uh, the little I put mead in, in, in the small bottles for favorites for my daughter's wedding, which you know, I always wanted to do because all going through college, here I am supplying my underage daughter with uh, with mead for her sorority parties. So, so yeah. is that daddy make me mead. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. Mine, mine, used to, mine used to be like coming in and going, that needs tasting, right, Mom? <laughs> yeah, right. So, uh, so I, I ended up, uh, I was going to make the meat, and she calls me up and says, um, Daddy, we're moving the wedding up six months. Is it really something you want to tell me about this? She goes, no, 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 it's not what you think. That if I move the wedding up to, to the Friday before Super Bowl, I get the, I get the hall at half price. Oh my gosh! That's so funny. Oh boy! Hey, you got to take advantage of those things when they come up, right? So yeah, yeah, you know, I guess I didn't do too bad, right? You know, you know, raising, you know, raising this kid. There you go. So, uh, so I had meat left over, and 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 her rushing me. The only at that time, the only meat I knew how to make fast was Joe's Ancient Orange. Hey, but everything else. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah. Everything else, you know, was always. You know, weighty year. So I was planning. I was originally planning to do this meet for a year, you know, but now I got a six month time frame. So my lovely wife agrees to allow me to move my uh, my temperature controlled conical fermenter into our kitchen. Uh-oh. And here I have here I have twelve gallons of meat going, and we got that for for Katie's wedding. But Ken writes he wants to have an amateur meat meat maker. So I I respond back on the AHA website. You know, tell us you know the story about you know making the meat for for my daughter's wedding, and lo and behold, a couple of days later, I get an email back from Ken saying you're in. I go, this is great. 
So uh, we go out there, and you know, I'm on the meat panel with uh, with Ken, Steve Fletty, uh, Kurt Stock, and Michael Fairbrother. So it's almost nice. it's, it's almost like it's almost like having a, a golf foursome of Hogan, Nicholas, Palmer, and me. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. But I learned, you know, but you know, getting to, to what you're saying, you know, I, I learned so much hanging around with these guys for that for that week in uh, oh, yeah. San Diego. Well, and, and that's like, the open my eyes. That's the big thing, and I think this is true for almost everybody in the industry. And we have our, just like any other industry, we have our share of you know assholes. But um, I think a smaller percentage than many. And people in the meat industry tend to be very friendly and you know um yeah I mean, we're all sort of together in the mead you know and they're and they're all they're all really willing to you know be helpful and supportive and and right you know just gang together because we're all in this together and honestly all of them a few years ago were us that's right you know that's right i you know, they all have, you know, almost all of them have different jobs. I mean, I mean, look at Ken. He just, he just finally retired from, from the yeah. day job, mm. you, know, not, you know, not too long ago. Uh, yeah, it only, it I only learned, took opening a meter and having a heart attack for him to do that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, that, that's an eye-opening uh, event. Yeah. Uh, but, but I had a, I had a meet from Kurt Stock. He, he brings it out. He goes, yeah, this is, this is like four weeks old. And it was fabulous. I'm going like, well, how did you do this? And just soaking in all the information. Oh yeah. So I, I, so I asked Ken. I said, by the way, like, why did you pick me? You know, was it you know the story of my, with my daughter's wedding and everything else? He goes, no, actually, you were the first one to respond. <laughs> oh, just wow. take your legs right out from underneath you <laughs> uh, 18th Domerous Cup Mead Competition this is sponsored by the Savannah Brewers League Savannah Georgia the entry window is now open for the 18th Domerous Cup Mead Competition uh, it's scheduled for February 6, 2016 and this is an AHA BJCP certified competition and it's open to all mead styles using the 2015 BJCP guidelines. This year, the competition entry fees will benefit the Ronald McDonald House of Savannah, Georgia. Entry fees are 8 bucks each. For further information, go to savannahbrewers.com forward slash domerscup.php. Once again, that's savannahbrewers.com domerscup.php. Mike, uh, I'm looking forward to sending my first my first real mead uh, to the Mazer Cup next year. Uh, I've been working with uh, Pete uh, on it, and he's been a real a real help for me. And I, I'm 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 pretty encouraged by him and by Vicky and by AJ, everybody that I've talked to about it, and we've discussed it on the air here. What am I looking for here? Talk about the BJCP Mead endorsement test. What's that all about? Uh, and who? Well, it, well yeah, just what, what? What? What is that? Well, what they've you know what they've done similar you know similar to the to the uh, uh, to, to the beer styles, and you go through. Uh, it's not just 
sitting down, tasting some meads and, and evaluating them. But you also have uh, a lot of the process, uh, uh, honey varieties, uh, some of the different uh, profiles that the honeys will give out. And it's a pretty intense uh, studying process. So we, you know, we start our classes and typically we'll go for anywhere from uh, six to 10 months prior to the test to go through and prepare everybody for the test. Uh, And the questions, the questions that'll come up. Oh yeah. And there's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of sensory that's, you know, that's in there, but there's also a lot of book work and uh, it's, it's similar. It's similar to uh, uh, the old BJCP test, to where you used to have uh, a set amount of time to, to to write your essays and answer your questions out of out of a, out of a question pool. I was on uh, the um, I was on the pile of people that helped develop the some of the questions. And right. uh, for the for the mead thing, and one of the reasons I haven't taken it yet is I saw what some of the questions were going to be, <laughs> and they're like, you know, if you're making your if you're making your raspberry melamel on a Thursday with a blue moon on a day starting with an R in the middle of it, and the temperature's above sixty seven degrees, what's the flocculation rate of the yeast? <laughs> you know, it's just like, oh my god, I'm freaking out oh, here. Wow. <laughs> you know? wow. We're that talking. Sounds, about- that sounds like so- that sounds like something Gordon Strong would put in there. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of a Gordon Strong question. Yeah, um, I believe he was—he might have been there that day. There were some real luminaries in the room, and we we're all sitting around. I'm like yeah. sitting on the floor on a chair, and I'm writing down. You know, they basically they 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 figured out some of the questions. We helped them create some of the questions, and then they came back and gave us the questions, and we had to sit down and basically sort of take the test. And I'm going through this, right. and I'm just like flipping out, going, "I'm going to look like a fool! Oh my god, I'm totally clueless!" You know, <laughs> so, we're talking to uh, amazing. amazing how much you don't know. Oh, <laughs> God, you, yeah. You take, you take those I'm not afraid so, to admit it. That's why I asked Pete for help when I'm making a meet. I figure secondary, second opinions are a good thing. <laughs> right. We're talking right. to Mike Tripka tonight, president of the Savannah Brewers League and heavily involved with the Domers Cup for the last 18 years in Savannah, Georgia. If you want to talk to Mike, give us a holler, 818-921-4680, what What's your favorite mead recipe to brew at home, Mike? Uh, I actually tend, tend to stick with a lot of traditionals. So uh, I like playing around with the different varieties of honey that are available. And uh, you know, being part of the uh, Beekeepers Association here, uh, I'm able to get some really good southern varietals. I just got a hold of some uh, some cotton honey for the first time that I'm going to be uh, playing around with. Wow. Uh, I had this blueberry blossom mead that uh, my, my, this one beekeeper that I partner with uh, has gotten has gotten for me. It's 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 won quite a few medals already uh, over the last two years. So. Uh, I also I've also done some uh, uh, some spiced meats, and in particular, uh, I did a Polish meat a couple years ago, and now this is seven or eight years old, and it's fabulous. Uh, wow! Uh, I had I had some uh, that I gave to Michael Fairbrother, and he was just he goes really this is like eight years old. I go yeah. Uh, he goes this is phenomenal. And I mean that was that made me feel really really good. Uh, 
so I I don't have the access to you know a lot of some of the traditional berries I'd like to use, such as currants. Uh, although we do have raspberries and strawberries down here, but uh, I, I kind of wish I was still back in New Jersey a little bit and had access to my grandmother's old current bush because oh, more yeah. I could use that thing. I can't believe it. Growing up, we, we always had like current jelly and I'm getting sick of it. And, you know, now <laughs> I'm going to my right arm, give my, give my right arm to get, you know, get a hold, get a hold of some currants. I totally, uh, I totally get that. Cause my dad had like 27 feet of uh Concord grape Arbor that we'd get grocery bags full of grapes off this thing. Oh, I got man. so sick of grapes. Oh man, I kid you not. I mean, it was great everything for months on end. It got to the point where my brother and I would go pick them and throw them in the woods because he didn't want my mom to use them. Um, and, and, and he had he had like a 200 foot long row of raspberries. He had watermelons. He had, oh my God, I had to weed this garden. So of course I hated it. Like right. nothing, you know, but um, yep. I look back at it now and think what a treasure trove. <laughs> I had no idea. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And we had, uh, well, we had a, a crab apple tree. Mm-hmm. And making crab apple jelly, like you know, another thing I'm just sick of. You know, yeah. I was so I was I was so happy to get you know to to get a jar of Smucker's uh, strawberry yeah. at the store. Yeah. Oh dear. Store bought uh, store bought popsicles yeah. at my house. It was you know it was like ooh they come out of a box. <laughs> anything uh, anything along the lines of rocket fuel that. Uh, that you did? Uh, you know, early, early on without knowing about, uh, a, a lot of temperature control, right. Uh, created, created needs with fusels that we'd have to let and sit, you know, for a year, two years and, um, <laughs> three years. So there's an on, you know, we, we, uh, there's an ongoing, uh, friendly argument that I had with one of the guys in, in Savannah Brewers, like, uh, Frank Russo. And Frank is like no meat before it's time, and it's time has to be at least three to four years. So, uh, wow. We, uh, uh, people Frank, you really don't need that. You really don't need that you know, nowadays. Yeah, people, I've people, gotten... people in my neighborhood used my early concoctions as lighter fluid to light their barbecues. So, hey, whatever works. I think everybody Douse goes down that road, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. Well, you see, I was just so lazy that mine stayed in the carboy for long enough that by the time I got around to yeah. bottling, they were yeah. fine. Yeah. See, yeah. Pro- procrastination does pay off in winemaking. It, it does. That's, yeah. That's a little bit. That's a little bit like my garage right now. Is the, the amount of stuff that I that I have in there. I, uh, I had some people, some people over uh, a while back, and we were doing some tasting, and I found I found the corny thing is something stuck stuck in the back that was a bracket that I made I don't know four or five years ago <laughs> I go oh here here try this <laughs> uh, that's the, that's the uh, you know that's the official that's the official rallying cry of God here try this of, yeah, yeah of me drinkers it's here try this yeah I have my friends I have friends non non uh, meat industry people but just people that like mead that that are like yeah just doesn't matter she says here try this just just try it <laughs> so tempting <laughs> well what's really interesting is uh, you know with some of the people that I know you know in around town uh, and Bluffton is actually there's a very small town uh, vibe to it uh, you know I'm known as either 
A, the beer guy, or, you know, the guy, the guy that makes the honey wine. So, you know, wherever I go, like, what do you got growing now? You know, what do you got cooking? Yeah. So it's, uh, uh, took a little, took a little bit of time, but, uh, you know, it's good to be known within, within town. Uh, you know, I tell people, you know, really, uh, if, when the zombie apocalypse hits, who do you want living next door to you? The guy that That's right. Stamps for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, um, you and the guy that stockpiles and, weapons, and we're good to go. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the guy two doors down is all. Yeah, yeah, there you yeah, go. Here, so. <laughs> <laughs> so, this guy with the so, MREs, so all, the weapons. You've got the mead. You're all good. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. What are, yeah, what are they call right. preppers or whatever. Preppers, yeah. Pre- preppers, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you uh, have you got anything going to the major cup at all, Mike? Uh, no, actually, I don't. And uh, you know, just finding out now that it, you know that that they've capped out. Well, you know, I'll keep keep an eye out in case somebody drops out because I do have uh, I do have two that I I feel pretty good about, and uh, they're definitely in Domrus, and they'll go into uh, they'll go into meat for your die. So, uh, yeah. uh, if you know if an opening crops up for uh, uh, for Mazer, uh, you know, I'm more than happy to you know, put them in there. And this, and that's, uh, uh, go ahead. And that's when, you know, and that's one of the things, you know, withholding our competition, uh, you know, I think it helps, you know, all the other competitions that, uh, you know, we increase the awareness. Yeah. And, you know, you've seen, you've seen the, you know, the pressure on, on entries in your, in your comp. Uh, and we, you know, we've seen an increase. So, and, and the big thing is that the quality has gotten so much better. Oh yeah. From, no, no from question people. about it. The quality has gone up yeah. several hundred percent. I mean, I mean, you used to go out there and sometimes judge and like pray that you didn't come home with that fusel headache. Oh God. Uh, yeah. And I you know, now it's like, wow. Um, these are really good, and you and you don't get a clunker out of you know out of a flight of ten to ten to twelve at all. So you know the quality the quality's going up there, and um, you know the, the awareness is going up, and you know within the industry the uh, uh, you know the amount of meteries that are coming on coming online uh, proves that point that yeah. the uh, that the industry is is definitely you know double digit growth. It's it's going to, I think it's about where craft craft brewing was about twenty years ago. It is, and yeah. You're gonna, <laughs> and you're going to see that that huge uh, influx, you know, of people. But I think it's going to be more, a lot more quality people. It's not going to be people just getting in there because they feel that they can, you know, make a quick buck on this. You have a lot of people, and it's almost artisanal that people are starting their meteries. Um, I know you have a couple there in North Carolina that uh, you know that have come on come on board or are coming on board. That it, they're not huge huge operations, but they're putting out some very very good quality product, and that's gonna that's only gonna raise raise the awareness and you know help everything going. So you know people supporting the competitions, Mazer, 
Thomas, Me Free or Die, Valhalla. Uh, you know, increase increase that awareness, and also you know people getting behind things such as the uh, American Mead Makers Association mm-hmm. and supporting that. Uh, you know, you can become an individual member for that. Yeah, for thirty, I think it's thirty dollars. Thirty dollars a year. Yeah, and a year. It's ridiculously cheap, and and, there. and the inform- and the information that's out there. That you oh my can gosh! Get from uh, you know, you know, from you know, from the pros, um, and then also you know, getting on, you know, getting and being a being a, a sponsor and a supporter of Got Mead. Uh, yeah. You know, the information that you have as being a patron is just invaluable. You know, it's, it's almost like PBS. Pay it hmm. because you're going to get so much more back than you put in. Yeah. Now I, now I feel like we had to go out and hire Jerry Lewis to do a telethon for us. You know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you got JD Only Webb doing a radio alive. show. I do, I do, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, By the way, JD, um, there's a a movement to get you on Twitter happening on Twitter right now. And um, they've even got a hashtag (laughs) JD to Twitter. And um, Tyson has said that he will train you on how to use Twitter just so they, because they're asking, can we talk to JD? And I'm like, well, JD doesn't do Twitter. Um, And and they're like, like, well, we have to fix that. So I'll have to give you access I'll have to give you access via the team function on Hootsuite so that they can speak with you and I can stop having to relay all this stuff. So It you took know. JD long enough to figure out Facebook and believe me, that's, <laughs> that's all I do. <laughs> I just want to keep telling them that you're old guy. Come on, you know, you're retired. You've got really time easily, to you know? so, Yeah. Hey, I should Tyson, hire, he'll teach you. I, I mean, he's young Tyson. enough to be your grandson. He's got lots of energy. So. <laughs> hey, I should just hey, don't hire feel Tyson. Good. Mikey, does, Mikey doesn't do Twitter either. So. Mike, Mikey, does. uh, Mikey doesn't do Twitter either? Oh, okay. <laughs> I just yeah. hired Tyson here, to do it for me. There's this actually, thing called... Actually, there's, actually, actually uh, well, what I tell people is, uh, years ago, I spent $40,000 up front for lifetime tech support. So I paid it once and I'm done. Wow. I sent, I sent my son through Rutgers. So every time my computer breaks, there you go. Andrew yep. fixed Dad's computer. <laughs> yep. <laughs> now, see, with so me, it's it. the I'm other done. way around. I get it from my mom. I get it from my mom. I get it from my daughter. I get it from all my friends and half my relatives. And it's like, really? You know? So they're all, they all think, well, because you know one thing about a computer, then you must know everything. But yeah, I've got this thing yeah. called Hootsuite. And I mean, I'm literally looking at a page where it has every time I get, every time Got Me gets mentioned, uh, every time somebody copies and pastes something of Got Me's, every time I say something, I mean, it's literally got like these little rows of info. So I can see this. It's like a live. It's like, oh, and uh, by the way, JD, uh, Tyson says you'll have to trade him some of that honey. Tyson, <laughs> you need to get Tyson. Get your butt on uh, on yeah on Yahoo or what, what? What are we doing? What is this Skype? Skype. Uh, yeah, I told him you were on Skype, and I even told him how to contact you. But he's uh, in his twenties, JD. Twenty somethings don't I, use Skype. <laughs> <laughs> they don't. Uh, no. We're we are talking to Mike Tripka from the Savannah Brewers League, and uh, gosh, what a pleasure to have you on here tonight, Mike. Uh, the Domers oh, yeah. Cup. Let's uh, let's talk about the Domers Cup again. Uh, this is uh, the 18th annual Domers Cup Mead competition, sponsored by the Savannah Brewers League in Savannah, Georgia. 
uh, for all you college graduates who just graduated, Savannah is in Georgia. Uh, the show yeah. is uh, is open right now. Uh, Mike, when does that entry uh, window close? Okay, uh, we originally were going to close it on the 28th. However, we're going to extend it to the 31st. So you can right. get on uh, get on the website and you know put your entry in. And as long as uh, you have the ability to get it, get it to us by Friday uh, the 5th, you're good. And this so, is uh, a yeah. uh, uh, this is this is the real deal. This isn't uh, this isn't like going down to the county fair. This is the real deal. This is an AHA BJCP certified competition. This means your meads are going to be judged by people who uh, are you know had to go through a certification process. Uh, so the feedback you're going to get back, and this is, you know, it, it took me a little while to to really wrap myself around the fact that, you know, Pete wanted me to submit my mead to a competition. I had to wrangle with the fact that, you know, it pretty much was, much was his recipe. But, um, you know, but he said the feedback that you get back, good or bad, will help you, uh, you know, in your mead making experience. And, and I believe that's true. So. Can anybody, I mean, is it possible that I could enter a mead next year at the Domers Cup? Absolutely. It's open to all all amateur home brewers, uh, mead makers, amateur mead makers, as long as the uh, product is not made on a commercial uh, commercial unit. Uh, we encourage, uh, you know, we encourage, you know, people, you don't have to even send your best because if you want to get that feedback to figure out, how to make your next batch better, uh, then that's, that's also one of the uh, uh, tasks that the judges have on their, uh, on their score sheets. How, how can you improve this mead? So, you know, even a mead that's world class, so something that scores 40, 45 out of 50 uh, possible points, there may be a, a slight tweaking that someone can do to make that mead even better. So, uh, Feedback is definitely important. Yeah. Well, in you know, fact, there... uh, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, in fact, um, you know, if, if someone has something entered into the Major Cup, um, feel free to, you know, and you know, enter that meet into uh, into Dahmer's and get some feedback. Oh yeah. And and maybe if there's some tweaking to do before before the entry is due, because we intend on having our our uh, our feedback forms back within 48 hours uh so that's why we request everyone's email address so we'll scan them and send them right back and then this way uh you know you can see if there's either any minor adjustment that you need to make uh or even in the case some people may end up putting their meat into the into the wrong category because there's and, and, and it does happen area. yeah it does happen yeah, people yeah. don't realize that a little thing like oaking changes everything and um, okay. yeah, and we find you know with uh, you know with sweetness levels. So someone you know someone may think it's dry, but it actually is. It's on the edge of dry and almost getting into semi semi sweet. Mm-hmm. So take and see what that uh, you know what what feedback that particular judge you know, gives you, and you may be able to uh, you know to adjust your entry. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the more competitions you can enter with your meads, if you truly want to 
you know, get that input from those people who've been there, done that, then um, the more competitions you can get your meat into, the better. I know it's tempting to say, oh, to hell with that. I'll just drink it myself. But if right. you're if you're big into I want to make a truly awesome mead, both taste wise and technically, then that's the way to go. I mean, I learned so much just the one time I, I mean, it's rare that I enter a competition, but the one time that I did way back when Ken was running the um, uh, his first competition, Ken Tram, uh, I got mm-hmm. back. It was horrible, but I got back a lot of really helpful feedback. And that helped me make better mead. I mean, the next time around, it wasn't as it wasn't as horrible. It was much better. So, you know, well, it does help. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to because I've supplied the neighborhood with enough lighter fluid. It's time for me to, you know, move on to the next step here. And I mean, you know, I, I can give the stuff to my neighbors, but they know not to mess with me. So they're going to tell me, oh, yeah, your stuff tastes outstanding. <laughs> well, you're uh, right. you. my friends, my friends would drink my crap and go, oh, my God, this is so yeah. amazing. And yeah. I saw other and I saw my I saw others do the same thing with their friends. And I'd be like it. Penzik in Pennsylvania, and and somebody would hand me a glass and say, "Here, try this," and it would be like, "Ah, oh my god, yeah, that's just, that's, you know." And, and they started asking me, "What do you think?" And I go, "Do you want honesty or do you want friend?" Because well, sometimes right. they're the same time, you know. Sometimes they're the same thing, sometimes not. So I ask, you know, and well, I tell them. Yeah, that. I mean, all all my neighbors know I used to carry a gun for a living, so they're a little little standoffish when it comes yeah. to things like that. But, Idiot Californians. Um, that's what it's about. Yeah, you know, so, oh, yeah. Your people would care. Yeah. Don't shoot me. Don't yeah. shoot me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the question is, do you want an honest opinion, construction, constructive criticism, or do you just want me yeah. to tell you I love it? Yeah. You want me to blow smoke up your butt? Yeah. Okay. I can do that. You know, yeah. see, now, JD, oh. if you brought out the lighter fluid here, it'd be like, Damn, JD, this stuff sucks. <laughs> is that a thirty-eight you got on your hip? That'd Can I be, take a look at that? You know, be, I mean, because it's the old smoking ribs with it. But mm-hmm. uh, that's right. Yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to. I'm actually looking forward to the major cup. In fact, I, I, I'm going to try to get there next year. Uh, but I'm, I'm I'm more looking forward to the feedback that I would get from you know whoever might be judging my my concoction. And uh, Mike, I just may send a bottle or two down to the Mazer or down to the Mazer, down to the Domer's Cup next year, and uh, and try that one. I mean, it would be interesting to get some feedback from you know several different judges, uh, you know, and uh, see where I'm at with my uh, with my mead making experience. So, yeah, and and yeah, you know, I mean, there's uh, you know between us, Valhalla, Meat for Your Die. Here on the East Coast, uh, uh, Texas was it the Texas Cup? I uh, think it's the Texas Cup. Yeah, and then there's uh, two or three that are up in the Upper Midwest, so North and South Dakota, Minnesota, Wisconsin area. There's a couple of there's three right. or four two big ones up there. Then there's the Mazer Cup, and there's a half a dozen up and down the West Coast, and a bunch that are in um, the Montana, Wyoming, Nevada, Utah zone. You know, so there's actually quite a few really good competitions. God, the people still live in Montana? Oh, hell yeah. That's one of the places on our short list of places to retire to. (laughs) Well, Mike, uh, man, it's been a real pleasure having you on the show. And I would really like to get you back on again. uh, Yeah, thanks a lot, Mike. uh, Yeah, thank you. We're going to keep pushing this Wilmer's Cup. Um, 
any 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 famous last words <laughs> or infamous <laughs> words, on. any infamous last <laughs> meet on is right mike i will see you in a couple of i'll see you in a couple of weeks for some meat a low country boil and uh some and some roasted oysters man yeah yeah oh, like man, yeah. 10, 10, 10 days away that's it. That's it. Yeah, I got my I got my hotel all set up and everything. I just got to get my you know just just gotta get down there. So fortunately, the car is working. Right. So this is a good thing. <laughs> well, just uh, 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 just just give me a ring when you when you hit town, and I will. Uh, you know make sure, make sure that you're all set and make sure you got the right directions on how to you know how to get to the venue. All right, sounds like a plan. Mike Tripka, okay. Savannah Brewers okay. uh, League. Thanks for joining us tonight, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. Thank Bye you, Mike. All right. We're going to step away, take a commercial back, uh, commercial back, commercial break, read the script, J.D. Uh, <laughs> and, see, this yeah, is and, I, and, here, and here Tyson I, was just saying you were good at talking. Well, J.D.'s yeah. been drinking. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're going to step away, take a commercial break. When we come back, hey, more of God me. This is J.D. Webb for Got Mead Live. You know, winemaking was a way of life for Sergio Mattello while growing up. As an adult, his winemaking led to brewing beer and ultimately his discovery and passion for mead. Today at Melovino, his mead-making skills has earned him countless awards. His signature meads include Pepino, a light and refreshing cucumber, orange, and lemon session mead, and Sinfonia, called the Scotch of Meads, is made with three honey varietals and a blend of three different oaks. Visit them in Vauxhall, New Jersey at 2933 Vauxhall Road, located in the rear of the Millburn Mall. And be sure and visit them online at melovino.com. Shipping to 22 states, try some Melovino mead yourself and book a tour and tasting. Melovino, a truly unique and exquisite craft mead experience. Besides being the county seat of Cass County, it's also the home of Prairie Rose Meadery, the only meadery in North Dakota. Owned and operated by Susan and Bob Rude, they produce five amazing meads with a sixth on the way, all available in their tasting room. From bees to bottles, the Prairie Rose Tasting Room is located at 3101 39th Street South, Suite E in Fargo, North Dakota, and features their award-winning traditional and blackberry meads. Other amazing flavors available include ginger, mint, cherry, and an upcoming star anise mead. Tasting room hours are Thursday through Friday, 5 to 10 p.m., Saturday from 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Sunday from noon to 6 p.m. Make Prairie Rose Meadery a must-do when you're in Fargo, North Dakota. Visit them online at prairierosemeadery.com or stop by at 3101 39th Street South, Suite E in Fargo, North Dakota. Prairie Rose Meadery, a delightful mead experience. Ram's Mead crafts some of the most coveted meads available in the United States today. The Tasting Room at 327 West Nine Mile Road in Ferndale, Michigan features Shram's Mead in bottles and special release meads on tap. Shram'sMead.com. If you think you don't like mead, you haven't had a Shram's. Uncompromisingly delicious meads since 2013. homebrewtalk.com your absolute everything resource for brewing beer at home their forum covers recipes brewing equipment and help from member brewers if you picked up your equipment today you can start brewing tonight with everything you need to know at homebrewtalk.com sign up today for as little as four dollars a month and become a
All right, we are back live here at Got Mead. Hey, you can learn more in depth about the science of mead, sensory analysis from mead makers, and UC Davis viticulture and enology professors. Uh, the meat industry is on the rise and currently the fastest growing segment of the market using two to three meteries. Uh, we will focus on case studies in each of our topic areas. This course is designed for the intermediate to professional level mead maker who wants to take their art. Now I'm reading again. I'm reading from the script and I changed my glass that I still can't see the damn. Place. You got to stop doing that. And uh, this uh, this course is designed for the intermediate to professional level mead maker who wants to take their art to the next level by learning more in depth into the science of mead from Monday, February 8th, 2016 through Thursday, February 11th, 2016. There is a series of courses designed to help mead makers start or expand their businesses. This is a great opportunity to ramp up your meadery with teaching and advice from some of the best minds in the business. Grab your spot mm-hmm. now. Go to honey.ucdavis.edu and click on the events tab for more information. Again, that's honey.ucdavis.edu. Click on the events uh, link up there and get uh, more information and tickets. And again, this is uh, out of UC Davis. Um. I don't know if AJ ever came back or not. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm still showing her on. No way. She's unchecked now, I think. Yeah. So we'll, uh, we'll give her a couple of minutes. And, no, wait, uh, we'll call her back then. Yeah, we'll, we'll call you, AJ, if you're listening in. Um, internet woes, you know. I, I know, right? Uh, and I thought I was in the boonies. <laughs> yeah. Well, um the wildflower project uh we've been talking about it off and on uh want to throw a shout to uh, mike villanova he's uh, out there on the general on uh, general motors it says gm <laughs> <laughs> the show notes read gm forum something like right <laughs> <laughs> Got me. Don't, 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 don't. They'll do a documentary about us. Yeah. Uh, AJ's coming back. Uh, but anyway, so uh, Mike Villanova from the Got Mead Forum, he's looking to get into doing a, a wildflower mead. And I'm trying to hook up with him uh, because I thought we might collaborate. Uh, he wants to do one at his place, so I'm going to do one at mine. And uh, so if we can't compare notes uh, and whatnot. So, Mike, I know you can't listen tonight and you're going to catch the show on the replay. Uh, so I'm going to briefly talk about what I'm doing here. Um, Mike, and, then, and then, Mike, you need to go ahead and email J.D., OK, because he's trying to hook up. Yeah. With you. Yeah. He's got my email. Uh, he finally got he finally got back. To me. I've been sending him notices and and, and messages and whatnot. He so probably got I, tired of it. You know, you're so damn persistent. Uh, no, no, no. He, he finally figured out what was going on. Apparently, he wasn't oh, yeah. getting them or they were going to spam. I, I don't know. Something something was happening. But he responded uh-huh. uh, today. And uh, my wildflower, I, you know, I've been consulting my mead mentor. Uh, and uh, this project is going to consist, consist of the wildflower honey. 
that I got from my local beekeeper, which is the most amazing stuff. And I'm going to get uh, Mississippi Chris to call in here in a little bit and talk about that wildflower honey. But um, we're going to use the QA23 yeast, 10 grams of it. And uh, we're going to go with the, you know, at first I thought I wanted to go with Sergio's toes and a thing, but I'm not quite that confident in my abilities yet. I'm going to stick with Pete for now, Sergio. I'm sorry. Uh, maybe next time around, I'll give the Tozna a shot. I really want to do that. Uh, but we're going to go with the QA23 yeast, 10 grams of it. We'll go, you know, do the DAP and Fermade K uh, regimen. Um, looking for a, this is also going to be a vanilla traditional Ooh. or vanilla flavored i guess if you want to oh, vanilla vanilla is good oh by the way um uh aj is skyping me and i know you said you weren't watching skype so she says she can't hear us okay so so she's uh, she's asking should she reboot i think i'm gonna tell her yeah go ahead and you'll bring her back in yeah yeah i just i uh, brought her in uh well we'll see what happens aj you there yep i'm back there you, oh, go. There you go i was just gonna <laughs> Just telling them how we couldn't uh, get you. There you are. Okay. I hate uh, Skype. Uh, <laughs> that's fine. Computers hate you. Technology hates you. All yeah, right. So there's that. So, yeah, vanilla. So, you're going to do a vanilla traditional. Why not just do a straight traditional? Why Why go with the vanilla? Well, because I... Not, not that I don't like it, mind you. I adore vanilla, but I'm just curious. Yeah, I I had an I put a one gallon batch together with the QA twenty three yeast and the wildflower mm. honey, and mm-hmm. I dropped a vanilla bean in it, and it's a can you, you know you know your mentor is rolling his eyes right now because yeah, I know. just do a plain traditional <laughs> I know. you know and it's like plain traditional means no effing bo- no vanilla beans you know. Yeah, <laughs> I know, and I, I've already run. I've already run the recipe by him, and and he's bought into it. So mm-hmm. he's putting up with my little shenanigans. Yeah, he's probably, he's, yeah, he's like, fine, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so uh, yeah, the vanilla beans I ordered. Uh, I think it was a half a pound or a quarter pound of vanilla beans from my favorite yeah. place, beanilla.com. Uh, again, that's beanilla.com. Bean Beanilla. Bean okay, I'm going to go check that out now. <laughs> yeah, B-E-A-N-I-L-L-A.com. Uh, that's where I get my vanilla beans. Uh, I have for the last, oh, several years. I make my, uh, I make my own extracts and, and what have you. So, but um, we're going to use seven beans in the primary, uh, seven in the secondary. I really want the vanilla flavor to come out in this. It did in the one-gallon experiment, which came out uh, you know, on the sweet side, but this is from my wife, and she loves it. So I'm hoping to be able to recreate uh, what I was able to do in the one gallon experiment and, you know, recreate that in the, uh, in the big batch. So, um, so that's where we're going with this. So, uh, you know, if anybody has any input on it or uh, wants to talk about it, you can shoot me an email or get me on the uh, forum, got me forum. Don't Twitter me. Because I don't. <laughs> You're halfway there. <laughs> he said Twitter before, and I told him it was tweet. So he says, "Don't Twitter me." Uh, 
So uh, I love it. I love it. And I should just hire Tyson to do my tweeter tweet. Tyson, yeah, you're tweeting. Yeah, Tyson. Tyson just wants you to be on Twitter. You know, like I say, bad enough that he's willing to teach you. So you know. Well, I, I told him, you know, like old guy, new tricks, and all that kind of fun stuff. But you know, um, Tyson should just get his butt on Skype here and join the show. Um. So anyway, so that's where we're going. So uh, Mike, uh, Mike Villanova on the Got Mead Forum. Give me a holler, dude. Let's get something going. I want to know what you're doing with your wildflower. If you if you have settled on on a process or a yeast or, uh, you know, you want to talk about it, uh, toss some ideas back and forth. Uh, would really look forward to uh, doing some kind of a collaboration on this, something that we can keep notes put it up on the forum, make a story out of it, put it on the show, uh, you know, and, and see where this goes. So, I mean, that's what this is all about anyway. So, yeah. You know. Yeah. That's, uh, it's about figuring it out. I'm surprised we haven't had some of our, uh, usual, um, suspects calling suspects? in here. Yeah. Well, okay. Mississippi, Chris, it's time. Pick up, make the call. Oh, Chris, Chris, I want, I want it, Chris. You know, Chris, uh, Chris and I, uh, we swapped honeys, and uh, uh, it's kind of, a, kind of a fun thing, actually. Well, you did the honey yeah. swap. Yeah, finally. Yeah, because Chris has only been going. Send me the damn honey, JD. You know, I'm not for talking about. Now. Yeah, and I'm not talking about the two-legged honey either. Um, JD, this is <laughs> JD. Your wife carries a gun. You shouldn't be joking That's like right. that. That's right. You should. Yeah, and you don't anymore. So I don't even want. I got mine hanging on the hat rack next to the door. Yeah, so. but she wears hers on her hip. You have to get to yours. <laughs> yeah, you got to dive. For gun yours. does you no good hanging on the rack by the door. You know, but, uh, Mississippi Chris, <laughs> if you're not uh, if you're not knuckle deep in somebody's chest, yeah, if you're not cracking uh, someone's chest. <laughs> uh, but I sent I sent Chris. Um, well, he, he actually contacted me. He says, hey, he says, uh, you know, what do I have to do to get you to send me some of that? And I think we talked about it on the show last week. Yeah, you did. Yeah. So I said, well, let's, you know, let's do this offline. So we got together and uh, I said, you know, I'll uh, find some plastic jugs or whatever and uh, put it in a box. I'll send you some. No, no big deal. So he <laughs> says, well, I'll send you some sourwood. And uh, OK, fine. So the box came yesterday. And uh, the last time I talked to Chris, he was going to put it in a one gallon jar and then you know that you know that expandable spray foam that you fill cracks yeah, yeah. with well he was going to put the one gallon jar in a box and fill the box with this one gallon foam hey it works really That's, well it works you really well yeah. bag everything first Right, yeah, or you'll never ever you have to carve it out, you know. Well, like, yeah, that's the bread knife works. That's the last <laughs> yeah, time yes, I talked to him about it, and then uh, so the box came yesterday, and thank God it wasn't full of foam. It was actually <gasps> nicely wrapped in these little popcorn deals. It looked like it came right from the place where he buys it from because they're they're in labeled jars, quart jars. I got four of them. I tasted it, and it's it's a odd, really odd tasting honey. I, 
you know, uh, and it's actually kind of fun being able to taste something that you can't get around here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll have to I'll have to dig out. I've got a gallon of Tupelo. I think it is downstairs somewhere, and um, I'll have to look and see if I still have it. But if I do, I can I'll dig out a jar of it, and send it down just so you can taste it. I, I got to uh, do my own honey tasting with all the different varieties I've got downstairs waiting for me to get off my ass and do something with them. <laughs> well, I, um, uh, you know, it's not a, the sourwood, uh, you know, Mike, uh, Mike, Chris explained uh, the sourwood to me the best he could. And he said that it's not necessarily a, a table honey. It's not something you, you know, put in a little honey pot and sit on a table. And he's right. Uh, it, it's got a very peculiar taste to it. There's but it Tyson. It makes a damn good. Uh, it makes a damn good uh, traditional mead, which which is uh, what I intend to do. Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, to that, and uh, I know. Um, okay, so where'd you go, Tyson? Uh, I don't know. Was he on your feed? Because uh, he's popped up on. Um my yeah, feed, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, Chris. Uh, Sorry. Chris, does. I, Chris, Chris is either, like I said, knuckle deep in somebody's chest tonight. Uh, or he's just, you know, fell asleep at the wheel. But <laughs> well, that's not. Mississippi, Chris, I know, I know you're out there somewhere. Texas Dave is another one I wanted to talk to also. Uh, uh, David Webb out of Texas down there with the O'Lolly Berry. I want to know what this Yupon honey thing is all about. Hi, Tyson. Hey, J.D. Hey, Vicky. Hey, <laughs> hey Tyson. Hey, Tyson. Um, did, I, did I win the contest for the, uh, the persons whose name was said the most on the episode tonight? So yeah, far? yeah, I think you did. Probably. No, no, Mike got you beat on that one because you know we were talking to him. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, about that Twitter tweeter thingy. Uh, <laughs> he just doesn't get it, Tyson. I'm telling you, it's hopeless. At least if you go, <laughs> if you go to the uh, the car store. They have the the woofers and the tweeters, so you could just buy one of those and then say you nice. got a tweeter now. That's probably. Oh God, here we go. Now they're both calling at the same time. Uh, oh, David, that, Chris. Oh yeah, but that, now we got both of them on. Oh God, yeah, they're everywhere. Chris. Uh, I would imagine Chris probably heard heard the show. He probably got a plane in the operating room, heard the show, and uh, heard his Wait, name mentioned. you added Tyson, then you added Chris, and who else did you add? Alan? David Webb. Dave. Oh, 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 okay. 4612. That is you, right, Dave? That is correct. Yeah, see? Hey, Dave. <laughs> I know these guys now. I know, right? You got their numbers memorized. You don't just go ahead and, you know, plug them into Skype so their names come up when you add them on the, on the feed. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's start with Chris first. Um, well, actually, let me, let me finish with Tyson here for a minute. Tyson, <laughs> let's just, just finish him off. Man. Oh, yeah. Tyson, here's the deal. Real quickly, I'm 62 years old. Pretty set in my ways. Not, yeah, I'm, I'm not that technically challenged, but does Twitter, Facebook, all this other stuff? 
<laughs> You're as bad as my dad who calls who calls Facebook space time. You know <laughs> that, that space yeah. time thing yeah. you do, Vic. Yeah. <laughs> so when you he says, have sis, time. he says, sis, could you look up on that space time thing and see if there's somebody who puts something up about something? It's like really dad. <laughs> you have time, Tyson. Uh and uh, you're you're in the D.C. area, so you're, you're probably what neck deep in uh, that white stuff. Yep, it's all yep. over. Yeah. And how much did, how much did you guys end up getting up there, Tyson? Uh, our yard only got maybe twenty inches total. Oh, that's not so. That's not terrible. It's not great, but it's not terrible. <laughs> so uh, let's hook up, Tyson, and you can you can make your attempt at trying to teach JD about Twitter. Twitter, sure, whatever sure. thing. Uh, Make tweets on Twitter, and that's about all I know because I don't do it either. <laughs> Chris from you Mississippi. Can tell me <laughs> 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 uh, no mess with Texas. Chris. <laughs> Mississippi Chris joined us, and I really wanted him to call. I wanted I wanted you two, AJ and Vicky, to hear from him about what he thought about that wildflower honey. Chris. It's the wildest thing I've ever seen. What? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's uh I, I need to speak up for J D and, and uh um, support him and all the talk he's been doing about it. He was justified in it. It's uh it's <laughs> really it's, it's as good as he said it was. Oh, that's cool. Huh. <laughs> well, JD, when can you when can you go and get another twenty gallons of that and start shipping it around the country? You know, so send some of those too. Uh huh. Yeah. Right. JD's honey business. We can figure out some way to get agricultural products across the border. I'm sure. You know, <laughs> JD's honey business starting tomorrow. <laughs> well, I heard JD talk about this stuff, and uh, I was looking for a wildflower honey because I needed something with a with a strong flavor that would stand up in this heart murmur that I'm doing. Uh, I've got so many uh, highly acidic fruits and, and just heavy flavors, and uh, I didn't want the honey to get lost. And uh, so I was keeping my fingers crossed that I'd get a, a full-bodied, you know, full-flavored honey, and I definitely did. But uh, like everything else, you know, this was going to be a small batch, just enough to uh, taste and enter the major cut next year. And then I got to thinking, you know, we might want a few bottles to keep, so I'll do two gallons, and then it was three gallons. Right now, I'm up to six and a half gallons. <laughs> and uh, so I need another gallon, J.D. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to pour off what I think I'm going to need first and then uh, see what I got left to send you, bud. Should just call it JD's Hallelujah Wildflower. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> JD, this, this honey will get you religion, wildflower. <laughs> you need to become a broker for this honey. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Uh, it's a, it's a real strong. It's got a. It's like smelling a bouquet of flowers, really, and it's got a a, a sorghum. Uh, note to it when you first open the jug, uh, which just goes to show just how strong it is, really. Uh, there's no uh, weedy, grassy character, which is what I was trying to avoid. That's why I can't use my local stuff, because it's all got uh, an herby, herbaceous note to it. This has none of that. It's just really good, and it's really sweet, too. I don't know what the sugar content is, but 
it's, I'm sure it's higher than most of the honeys I've used. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's tough. that's one thing that I found too is it, it, it's a very sweet honey. Uh, and you can see, I mean, this stuff is right out of the out of the hive into the extractor into a bucket, and there's nothing in between. Uh, and it's almost color of molasses. You would you would look at it and you might think that it was a uh, it could even pass as a buckwheat honey just looking at it in the jar, but it's wow. uh, yeah, it's really dark. Uh, there's good stuff. It's exactly it's exactly what I needed for what I'm doing. So. <laughs> Need another gallon, JD. Need another gallon, JD. <laughs> <laughs> What's it? Um, I like I need to get in on this. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Wish I could. Yeah, I know what he's going to well, do to me. He's saying the first hit's free, and then he's going to hit me up hard for the second <laughs> hit. Oh, yeah. yeah this is, <laughs> it's, like, it's like honey heroin, you know? That's what oh, it is. It wait a minute. Carol, uh, California hasn't legalized dope yet, have they? See, I was going to say, this is like selling drugs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dave, Texas Dave, um, what the hell is Yupon honey? Yeah, tell us well, about that. First of all, I misspelled it. It's, it's spelled Y A U P O N. Well, okay, so what is uh, that? Not that, that we knew the difference. <laughs> How's it pronounced? Okay, What's well, uh, Vicky, Vicky, are you familiar with gallberry honey? Yeah, yeah, I am. Yeah, Yopon is related to gallberry. It's very similar. Okay, we have okay. gallberry out okay. here. Technically, okay. a type of type of holly. Um, Yopon is a hedge plant here, and I uh, absolutely hate it because you have to prune it like five times a growing season. Yeah. But, so it's uh, kind of like the uh, kudzu of hedge is, plants? Uh, related to gallberry, and it's a, it's a good honey. Uh, I don't know okay. how to describe the taste. It, it just tastes good. Okay. It's Perfect. not very heavy. And I'd say the only honeys I've had that didn't, that didn't taste good. You know, I mean, I've tried a lot of different honeys, and the only ones I found that I really just didn't like were, um, and I'm sad to say, and apologies to um, my Aussie friends, were some of the Australian honeys, like Leatherwood and um, the Eucalyptus. They're just so medicine-y, you know. I mean, those are the only ones that I really just didn't care for. And personal thing, I'm sure there, yeah, I know there are lots of people who like them, but I, they just didn't do anything for me. Eucalyptus is like that out here. And you, actually, eucalyptus is, is used in medicine, right, guys? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. And it's a great medicinal honey. I just didn't care for its flavor. Um, I, I did a small experimental mead with a eucalyptus honey. Somebody gave me somewhere along the line, and it was just, it was ecky. I didn't care for it. Yeah. Could be you interesting, know. maybe, and, as a methiclin, maybe, if you found something that worked with the... Yeah, you first thing you'd end up with something that of, tastes like halls, right? Yeah, well, I think right. what you'd end up with would be a tonic, more of a tonic mead than anything else. You know, I don't know that it would be something you'd want to kick back in front of the fire and drink, but it might be great for if you had a cold. You know, nothing wrong with that too. No, no, not at all. But I say, just as standalone though, I didn't care for it. I was really excited to get my hands on some leatherwood and managed to get a taste. I can't remember where somebody had some. And um, it was like, <laughs> you know, I mean, it just—I didn't, know, I didn't care. Heard, I didn't care for it. I've heard, uh, I've heard Pete talk about avocado honey out here in California, uh, and uh, I think that's he's, good. Yeah, but the, I've heard it's weird. Not that good. Yeah, it is weird. It's like uh, it's weird. It's got, if I remember right, it's got some buttery overtones to it that yeah, are interesting. It's not, 
you know, it's not the. Uh, it, it, it's kind of like the. It's like it's like that sourwood that that Chris sent me. It's not something you want to put in a honey pot and set on a table. And and, and you're right, Chris. It, it's that stuff is not. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> it tastes uh, good, but yeah. it's got it's weird. <laughs> it, it's perfect. I think uh, Dave may have made a sourwood before, haven't you, Dave? Yeah, I have. And uh, just in uh, looking around on the internet, sourwood won the International Honey Festival two years in a row over in Europe. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Sourwood's a good honey. I like it. It's very I like complex. it a lot. It's a good oh, honey. Yeah, it, it tastes good. Uh, I like it, but I mean, I wouldn't put it on my French toast. Uh, yeah. I don't know that it's that kind of honey, oh. but I, I do. Oh, like I don't that. know. You know, I would. Yeah, try it on some biscuits. Yeah, yeah, it's good there's, on biscuits. There's a, little, there's a little floral note in there that's hard to detect when it's, you know, in the jar, but it gets concentrated during the ferment, and yeah. it just makes a really clean honey. Oh. I mean, a clean mead, you know. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, to putting a, I mean, it's going to be a straight traditional that I do, uh, you know, small, small batch by three gallon batch, uh, with the sour wood and, uh, really looking forward to that. Um, but that'll be, that's going to have to come after the wildflower project. So we're probably looking, you know, a few months down the line, uh, so I can get the wildflower out of the fermenter, but, um, need more fermenters. Well, funny, funny <laughs> you should say. Don't get him started. <laughs> funny you should say. Oh. <laughs> okay, I, I think I've had 12 going at once. Yeah, I've got, I've got two more stainless steel ones coming, so. God. <laughs> well, but there's some, there, there is a method to my madness because one of them is actually going to be used as a secondary uh, chamber. Uh, I want to get out from under the glass jugs um, that have no. I mean, my my Rube Goldberg cooling system works brilliantly, uh, but it's not as effective as the submersible uh, chiller uh, that I have with my fermenter. Uh, so with that, I can take the temperatures, you know, way, way, way down and keep them there for extended periods of time. Because the fermenter is also insulated, uh, whereas the glass jug, I mean, I've got my little insulated jacket around it, but it's just not as efficient as the uh, as the stainless steel uh, one that I have. So, I mean, so there is a little bit of method to my madness. And then, of course, the other one will be another, uh, another fermenter that I'm actually going to set up for small batches. So, I'll have a six-gallon fermenter and a three-gallon fermenter. So... That's that's my plan. JD, I'm going to kill you later when um, I see you because I'm now on the vanilla <laughs> site and this place is evil, evil, <laughs> evil. <laughs> oh my god, it's evil! It's just like Ricky's holy going crap, broke. Gonna... <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's what it looks like. I've been. I go I've... through a lot of vanilla and almond extract, so making my own is you know the way to go. But yep. they've got their they've got homemade almond extract on there. I'm like, <gasps> you know, yep. can you even get the bitter almonds you need though? I 
thought I read you. Well, they're no, they're they're they've got some that they've made, but uh, okay. um, they but they've got the things on. You can buy the beans to make your own vanilla extract. Which uh-huh. I mean, basically, it's crack open the beans, scrape them out, stick them in a jar, cover them with vodka and wait. You know, I mean, it's pretty straight up. Yeah. I don't even scrape the beans out. I just snip them off in one inch pieces, stuff them all in a jar, and pour my. Well, liquor. there's yeah, you can just cut them up too. That works yeah. too, but yeah. But yeah, and I'm just looking at this and go because I've been wanting to do another vanilla, uh, a vanilla mess. I love vanilla meads, and you don't see very many of them. And it happens that I've got that jug of uh, Tupelo, which I think would be a lovely vanilla mead. So yeah, yeah, uh, I've been uh, I've been dealing with what's that, Chris? Oh, Chris, go ahead. Give JD, give JD your take on uh, on the sourwood mead uh, and. Uh, Dave, too, if he, if he could. I, 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 mean, I tried to explain it, but I, I can't. I don't have the words to describe these different things I, that I'm tasting. It's, One of the things about sourwood mead is that once you've had it, you'll always know it. It's it's a unique flavor. It's really interesting and complex. And, it, I, you know, I can't say is it good or is it bad because I think that's going to be relative to the taste buds. There are plenty of people who will say, um, you know, agave meads are great and I'll disagree with them because I don't care for them personally, you know. Mm. But uh, I like the flavor of sourwood. I think it's it's a nice combination of sweet and kind of almost bitter Com, you know, it, there's almost a bitter note running through it that I think gives it some complexity that you don't see in a lot of honeys. Yeah, yeah, and it's got a rich. Uh, it, to me, it's got like a, it's got a rich flavor to it. You know, the only thing I have to compare it to are the familiar ones out here, which is of course the wildflower and orange blossom that you know we have so frequent out here. Um, you know, the, the sourwood, uh, like Vicky says, is a a, a complex, almost a kind. I mean, it's almost hard for me to describe it. I'd have to eat several mouthfuls of it. Um, but it's, I mean, I like it. It's good. Uh, but I don't know that it's the kind. See, the wildflower I would put on my French toast all day long. I don't know that I would do that with the sourwood. Uh, but the sourwood uh, is good. It's got a richness, velvety taste to it that um but it does leave kind of a bitter there's kind of a bitter note uh to it uh there's a little sourness on the uh aftertaste yeah on the tail end yeah uh it's it's just very subtle though yeah i've I've always thought that the sourwood would be good in a braggot uh yeah see that yeah well, and you know, I wonder if uh, I wonder if uh, now once we get and I was just talking to um, the guys at uh, Golden Coast, and they're getting me all of the. They've got piles of scan notes for all their sour project that we're going to put on the the wiki that I'm going to put on Got Mead. Ooh. But yeah, we're going to do we're going to do the Got Mead project, um, and it's and it's going it's going to be all that. Week. I would love to talk to them. Yeah, I, well, they're gonna—they'll be back. We're gonna have Frank on a panel for uh, sustainability and stuff, but um, and probably again to talk about the sour project. But um, I think that a sour wood might be interesting to do. You know, something with their sour mead process. I think that might turn out to be very, very interesting. Tyson uh, Tyson Perzik joining us uh, from the Mead Makers. Uh, 
what do you have you ever had sourwood uh, honey tyson no for all i've heard uh mississippi chris talking about it i still haven't got my hands on any um i've tried a few different varieties from different places but uh sourwood is still not one of them yeah any uh, what kind of honeys uh, are available to you out there in, in the dc area I mean, like like most people, if you go to a, a bigger honey supplier, you can get a bunch of different varieties. Uh, a lot of the local folks, they do just have, you know, the wildflower, the real basic stuff, but, you know, they get it from local stuff. So if you want that local honey, you can get it. Um, but uh, as soon as you get into some of the, uh, the you know, varietals, you have to, you do have to get them from farther off. Um, and so, so, I mean, I, I have as much access to them here as, as pretty much everybody does. If you go with one of the bigger uh, distributors. Well, and now, um, Tyson, have you done, uh, have you had any contact with B folks or just over in Maryland? Bfolks.com. Uh, yeah, She's not I've, far I've heard from the you. Name. And, yeah. Uh, the owner's Lori Titus. You tell her I sent you and, uh, <laughs> I've sold, I've sold more honey for her than any 20 people. I mean, there's the, the, the ads I got made for for uh, her place move a lot of honey for her but um she has uh, a lot of different varietals and she also does the honey stick so you can test drive honeys to see which ones you like yeah maybe maybe alan's mentioned that to me before because he's in maryland but uh but we'll look it up when we're uh, ready to buy some more there you go yeah i gotta get her on the show she's on my short list if i can just get her to answer email <laughs> <laughs> She's so darn. Um, she's got five kids. They had two kids, and then they had triplets, and then she runs oh, her company. Wow. And it's like it's amazing. She has time to do anything. <laughs> they call that a herd. Yeah, they uh, weren't really expecting that. So. Vicky and I were talking about the, uh, a concept for a, for a future show that we're going to do, and it involves the sustainability uh, aspect of this whole mead making experience. One of the things that I'm going to do, um, because I love this wildflower so good, uh, I'm going to get up with the um, uh, the beekeeper, a uh, little Hispanic guy, older guy, uh, just he and his wife. Uh, they live down on El Monte, California, which is about 35 or 40 miles uh, kind of southeast of me. And uh, I'm going to meet up with him and go out with him to his hives as he does his extraction nice and, uh, you know just, I want to see where the hives are located and I want to get involved uh, you know I mean if there's something that I could do to help him whether it's help him lift you know the things out of the hive box or or whatever but I you know I feel the need to give back to contribute uh, you know because his honey is so good uh, and he runs about 25 hives. So go ahead, Dave. No, I, I mean, that's how I feel about it, too. That's why I need another gallon to make sure the quality's staying the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I need yeah, because we have to make sure that. it ages well and you know, right. stuff. Yeah. For science. For science, yeah. Right. I'm going to science the shit out <laughs> of this, man. You know, to, well, this is a this is a late spring. Uh, the bucket that I have that you got your honey, uh, Chris, is a late spring extraction, and um, you know. But he's also able to collect year round. Of course, Southern California things are in bloom. Different flowers are in bloom pretty much all the time here. Um, 
and uh, I'm eager to go out with him and at least contribute help, you know, give back, do what I can to, to help him out. And I'm not looking for anything in trade. I just want to get involved. And I think if more people did that, you know, understand what it is, uh, you know, that these uh, beekeepers have to go through. And e- even the bees, I want to learn more about bees. And, uh, you know, we're also going to have Amina Harris back on the show again uh, in the future because we're not done talking about uh, about that either. Uh, she's the honey lady, if you remember, that we had on, what, uh, Vicky, several weeks ago, uh, two weeks, three weeks ago? Yep. You see Davis. And... Uh, you're asking me like I remember her when, yeah, no, we've been would, you know talking with like, her for a while. <laughs> I would like for you to do uh, some honey tasting. I, I think Tyson didn't didn't you do uh, uh, some tasting with her? How to how to uh, identify different characteristics in honey on your show? Yeah, that was one of our first uh, first episodes we did, where where she sent us some honeys and just sort of walked us through doing it. Um, I, I would say that we were too novice then to really like pick up on the stuff, but it was just sort of like eye opening experience to really try some varietals that uh, we didn't have access to ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. So if you could do like a, a continuation of that, because that's something that I need to improve on is, is to be able to, right. uh, you know, to detect all these different characteristics. Uh, I don't have the vocabulary to to describe sometimes what I'm smelling or tasting. Right, right, right. Yeah, you know, for the same reason, that's why I really can't tell you about the sourwood other than what I had in my mouth and, and, and my first thoughts about it. Uh, I really think there's something to this. And, uh, you know, maybe we can set it up and have her on the show. And Tyson, uh, you know, I mean, you guys uh, – you know, we can make it a communal effort if you guys want to join us on the show and go through this whole uh, honey tasting uh, thing again with her. Uh, get you know, her to send a, a different different set of honeys from the ones we had, and we're in for that. I'd like to try some more. Yeah, um, you know, I mean, really I, cool. All of us, we've been eating honey since we were kids, but I, I think, like Chris says, there's there's a vocabulary out there that we have to learn. Uh, in order to fully describe what it is that we're putting in our mouth, what it tastes like. I mean, I, you know, I've lived here in California for a number of years. I mean, you know, everybody's had the orange blossom, ra- uh, the raspberry honeys out here, which to me, I'm sorry, don't taste like raspberry, but... Uh, no, but do know. they taste like snozberries? You know, I mean, that's the really important question here. Well, you know, but then again, <laughs> I, I don't know where. He totally know. didn't get the reference. Oh my God, AJ. I yeah. sure did. did get the reference. I know you did. <laughs> I knew you would. Jeez, yeah, I got the don't you do don't I'm you going read? right over the top. Oh, like, don't. <laughs> yeah, God, do the snozberries taste like snozberries? I mean, geez. Um, but you know, I, I just don't know what it is. Uh, you know, I don't know how to better describe what I'm tasting. And if I knew that, uh, I think it would help. Uh, it would help meat making experience as well. well. Well, honestly, I mean, and, and in all seriousness, then you need to go up to. They've actually got some sensory classes coming up at UC Davis for mead. And um, even if it's not mead, you can get the terminology and determine the flavors to be able to pick out and describe the flavors, even just going to a wine sensory class. But, you know, I mean, the the UC Davis stuff is pure gold. I mean, anybody I would be honestly, if I lived in California or within driving distance of 
UC Davis and could get there within a day, I would be at every single course they offer. The only thing keeping me from being at every single one is the fact that I'm 3,000 miles away. Yeah. Well, and UC Davis is, I mean, it, it, it's a drive from uh, where I live in Southern California. So, yeah. It, well, it's yeah, it is, it, is, it is a pretty big hoof for you. But still, you're a hell of a lot closer than I am. Oh, yeah. 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 And JD, uh, I don't want to change the subject, but I think we need to uh, we need to give some props to to Dave on his allowberry because uh, well, yeah, stuff was really good. He sent me a bottle of it along with some other things, and uh, uh, you know, the stuff was really really good. So well, he got a. Uh we actually gave him a shout out at the top of the show and I talked about his Olala Berry explosion and I was hoping that he was going to call in tonight because let's go a little deeper into this uh, Olala Berry. One, what is an Olala Berry? Uh, and two, tell me about all the uh, frozen bags of triple berry that you sorted out the blackberries. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> and and didn't they have wine. big, yeah, apparently, apparently Costco didn't have big bags of just blackberries. <laughs> I know mine doesn't, so I could get and, that. I'd, <laughs> well, he ultimately yeah, had yeah. to go buy a 10-gallon fermenter to get it all in, in one bucket. Mm-hmm. So, but tell well, us yeah, about yeah, the, the, uh, the end, end result probably only going to be five gallons. Oh, yeah. By the time you, you sort out all the crap, you know. Well, tell us. Yeah, uh, berries are a hybrid of Loganberry and Youngberry, which in turn are hybrids of raspberries, blackberries, and Texas dewberries. Boy. Uh, developed by the University of Oregon in, uh, I believe, the late 30s, early 40s, but they only really thrive and grow well on the central coast of California. Oh, wow. Okay. And the interesting thing you have to, um, I mean, aside from the fact that they were developed, uh, would you say Oregon and and they only grow in central California and then somebody had to come up with the name of Olaberry. I mean what Which was he drinking and can term. we get some <laughs> yeah uh, a lolly is uh, apparently a local Indian term for berry so berry ah, berry so, so it's berry berry uh, yeah. confused with the disease but, <laughs> right <laughs> Oh God! I can't Grant. believe you went there. You went there. <laughs> wow. But anyway, uh, I found out about him from my brother-in-law, who's from California. He's actually from San Diego, but his dad and stepmom have a bed and breakfast in Watsonville, there in the Central Coast. And uh, right, yeah. he told me about the berries. So I'm like, hey, let's get some, and we did, and they're uh, wonderful. Hmm. I'm glad Watsonville. he introduced me. They they sound like they're they sound like they're really tasty. I mean, like so the all the berries that went into them are some of my favorite berries. I'd love to be able to get something like that out here. Watsonville is actually better known for the artichokes. Uh, that's pretty much the artichoke capital of hmm. oh. the West. Okay, uh, so so they've got artichoke honey out there, and then alala berries. Uh, yeah. well, what is artichoke honey like? I don't know, but uh, but it's probably like avocado honey, be my guess, but I don't know. Well, you know, I'm making... What kind of honey did you use in this? The honey, uh, that, that was that Yao Pound honey. Yeah, I had a gallon of uh, Yao Pound honey and uh, 11 pounds of local wildflower and 
Kurt Stock's recipe called for 21 pounds. I had 23 pounds. I figured, what the hell? I threw it all in. Throw it in there. What the heck? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, Kurt Stock's recipe called for 2.3 gallons of water. I've got about 2.5 to 2.75 gallons in there. That's and, about right. Uh, the berry juice is the rest of the hydration. Because uh, mm-hmm. all these frozen berries, when you thaw them, they just ooze juice everywhere. Right. <laughs> right. And uh, as far as the triple berry, uh, that's just a pre-mixed berry uh, medley that I get at the local grocery store. And it's a raspberry, blackberry, and blueberry. And so I bought a bag and just kind of sorted them out to see what the ratio of a berry to blueberry ought to be. Since the berries were subbing to the blackberry and raspberry. So you went through and picked out all the blackberries, right? Well, I just picked out all the blueberries and then Ooh. wait weighed the rest and it, it came up to uh, Kurt Stock's original uh, superberry recipe called for 12 pounds of the triple berry so of that I determined I needed 9 pounds of lala berry and about 4 pounds of blueberry there you go. and then uh, uh, if you read my post you saw where uh, one of the lala berry bags had a leak in it and 3 pounds of juice leaked out so I just threw in another 4 pound bag Oh dear! so I, I've got a bunch of lala berry in there yeah, uh, AJ and Vicky. Uh, if you click on the uh, in our show notes, there the uh, the link is right there on the uh, Olala Berry explosion, um, and it's in the form. I ran across that, and I thought, "By God, we got to mention this on the show tonight." Uh, I, I, I looked at the first post, Dave, and I thought it was kind of funny because you actually had to go out and buy a ten gallon fermenter to get it all in one. Uh, one batch. Yeah, uh, I talked. I talked to a mead maker here in Texas, and when he made it, he uh, used two of the seven-gallon fermenters. I'm like, uh, I don't want to screw around with dividing between two, so I just got a bigger fermenter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they just divide between two, and it doesn't all fit in one. We uh, we've got Tyson Perzik, Mississippi Chris, and Texas Dave on the show with us here tonight. Uh, during the wrap-up segment, hey, if you want to give us a holler, feel free, 818-921-4680. I see a few of you still hanging on out there. I know it's late, but hey, what the hell? What about what else you got to do on a Tuesday night but uh, show up on a Got Mead live show? Um, talking about uh, Texas Day's Olala Berry explosion, how close do you think you're going to come to uh, Kurt Stock's uh, infamous Superberry? Uh, it's pretty darn close, uh, based on the one I tasted uh, back in September at the Texas Meat Fest. So this is along the same lines that uh, Mississippi Chris is doing with the, uh, what is it, heart murmur. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm having to, I'm doing it that blindly, though, because um, I haven't tasted the original Heart of Darkness, just uh, read reviews on it but uh, I, i've got a good picture in my mind of what i want it to be and uh, it'll be going together soon as soon as i get all the honey together yeah and another gallon of wildflower <laughs> <laughs> one more gallon will finish me out on that if i uh, i've got to get my wildflower project started first uh chris and i promise you if i have a gallon left uh, I'll uh, I'll put it in containers and and get it out to you. Uh, uh, I'll put your name on the bucket. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, then, I'm probably going to go with this uh, 
with this northern Michigan uh, wildflower, actually, because I know you're going to be uh, you're going to be using up what you've got, and I wouldn't blame you a bit if you wanted to hang on to it because it's some really good honey. But yeah. uh, I think this gallon that I've got from you is gonna it's gonna go a long ways toward making this a really good mead. Mm. And uh, uh, well, it's really good stuff. I've got a uh, – he, he's got my name on a bucket uh, next month. Uh, he doesn't – he only collects his honey about once every two to three months. Uh, and, you know, he gives the bees plenty plenty of time to recuperate. He leaves a lot of honey behind, um, you know, and it, it's not like other places across the country. I mean, winter out here are, are pretty mild. Uh, there's pretty much bees here year-round. So uh, – you know, and he can produce, uh, he can collect honey pretty much, you know, all the time if he wanted to. But uh, he's he's a very good, I don't know, AJ, what do you call it, bee husband? I mean, yeah, somebody who, who takes care of bees. I mean, a beekeeper seems germane. I don't know. They just call themselves beaks. <laughs> beaks. <laughs> um, but he's, he's very conscientious about his bees. Uh, he's been doing this for... 25 years or so or better and uh you know uh and, and i i want to learn more from him about uh about bees and uh, uh see how he you know goes around and collects i want to see where his hives are i want to see where this wonderful flavor is coming from <laughs> and i'm i'm really eager uh, i'm looking forward to first spring honey uh, when things are really in bloom out here, uh, I just got a feeling it's going to be hard to beat. So, mm-hmm. when you but, were talking about stock uh, multiberry, I, I made the multiberry. Uh, I didn't do the superberry though. I made the multiberry version, and uh, and it turned out really well too. But it's a little too tart for me. Uh, I think I went a little bit overboard on the berries. And, uh, Overboard on the berries. Yeah, well, I, I ended. Uh, I thought, well, that doesn't look like enough, so I added more and uh, shouldn't have. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hey, uh, we need to take another break here so I can get around three of uh, some of our spots in. So uh, when we come back, we got Texas Dave Tyson Perzik. Chris from Mississippi hanging out with us here tonight. Stick around. We'll be right back. If you're a mead maker, you need GotMead.com. It is the absolute best and most complete resource for mead making you will ever need. The forum consists of recipes, discussion on equipment, techniques, and methods, complete with its own batch calculator. GotMead.com offers everything you need to start making mead today. And for just $25 a year, as a patron member, you'll have access to proven award-winning recipes, fermentation management, equipment discussion, and a whole lot more. GotMeat.com. Sign up today. If you're a mead maker, a book you need to have on the shelf is Mad About Mead by Pamela Spence. Look for it, grab it, if you can. It's been out of print for a while. But if you can find it, add it to your library. And while you're at it, check out PamSpence.com. Pam is an active storyteller, author, community minister, and is the editor for local newspapers in Columbus, Ohio. You can find her most recent book, Glad Rags, Red Panties, Cowgirl Boots, and A Sweet Dress to Die For at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Please visit PamSpence.com for more.
Hey, this is J.D. Webb from Got Mead Live. You know, it's all about the mead here at Got Mead. And I have to tell you, I am in love with Fling from Moonlight Meadery. The way they balance the tartness from the rhubarb against the semi-sweet strawberry and orange blossom honey is just amazing. Do yourself a favor. Go buy some Moonlight Meadery meads now. Visit them at their online store at moonlightmeadery.com forward slash store or ask for it where you shop. Demand it where you shop. Ask for Moonlight Meadery meads. Growing up in a culture where home winemaking was a way of life, Sergio Mutella naturally began making wine himself as an adult, finding his way into brewing beer and eventually his discovery of mead. Earning numerous mead-making awards, Melovino opens his doors, becoming the first meadery in the Garden State. Featuring 20 different craft meads with amazing variety, Melovino is the fastest-growing meadery in the country. Melovino offers tastings and tours every weekend, and all of their meads are available online, shipping to 22 states across the country. Go to melovino.com and book your tour and tasting today. Located at 2933 Vauxhall Road, near the rear of the Milburn Mall in Vauxhall, New Jersey. Melovino.com. And we are back live here on Got Mead Live here tonight. Uh, we got a house little Tyson Perzik from Mead Makers joining us with Mississippi Chris and Texas Dave. Of course, uh, Vicky, AJ, and I on the line here tonight. I thought we'd uh, finish up the show tonight, guys, with another round of Name That Mead Style. Uh, we got into this last week. It was kind of fun. Uh we figured, uh, you know, we put this out there and just see how many, you know, and if you, anybody out there wants to call in, I think they got the name of this thing, feel free uh, if we don't give the answer out too quickly. But uh, let's start out with this one. Uh, this is a mead that's made with honey with verjuice. I hope I'm saying all these right. Verjuice could therefore be considered a variety of piment. Uh, yeah, have you ever had a verjuice mead? No. Uh, yeah. No. Again, I've forgotten I, what Virgis is. It's it's basically almost vinegar. It's it's like spoiled grape juice. So it's very Ugh. common back in uh well, historic historically it had a lot of uses, but it's not in real common use these days. This is uh this is a a Greek I guess it's a Greek mead. Uh, if that helps you out here just a little bit. And uh unripe grape honey. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It's verjuice with the V E R, like you put in the feed. And I hope I'm yeah. saying this. Uh, I hope I'm saying this right. It's called a omphacomel. O m p h a c o m e l. Omphacomel. I think it's omphacomel. Omphacomel. <laughs> Yeah, I think. Okay, that's another one of those words we made up to describe it. So yeah, so nobody's ever heard it spoken before, and they've right, really yeah, seen it. Like, yeah, it's like capsicumel. It's like we uh, we made that up. <laughs> yeah, after yeah, after how many glasses of mead did we come up with that? <laughs> okay, Tyson. Uh, Tyson puts the word in Greek. In Greek. Um, yeah, yeah. Mead. Yeah, Bobby because Google my Greek is there. Yeah, because my Greek say, is so good Tyson, there, Tyson. Thank you. Like I am. <laughs> yeah. Oh God! Thank God for Google, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right. How about this one? This is a, another historical mead recipe blending honey with wine vinegar. Yuck. 
Come on, we said this one last week. I thought you might remember it at least. I was drunk. Huh? I was drunk. <laughs> <laughs> too, too much mead. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, was a, that whole bottle of mead from Frank. That stuff was good, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm about to kill this bottle myself. Come on, guys. Another historical mead recipe. This one is blending honey with wine vinegar. There's your vinegar there, uh, Vicky. Yep. What's that style called? And again, the first one that co- the, the first one that calls in will, will, if we had one, would probably win a Got Mead Live hat. But since we don't have any hats, <laughs> what was that? Promissory Dave? note for a hat if we ever get any. Yeah, I got to find somebody. Yuckamel. Yeah, Yuckamel. Yuckamel. It's right up there with Weirdamel, you know. Yeah. I, that's the nice hey, thing about weird, pretty damn good Weirdamels. Yeah, you can toss uh-huh. the nice thing about it though is it's a catch-all category. You can throw anything you want in there, you know? <laughs> including car parts. How about including oh, car wait, parts? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, car parts. How about Oxymel? O x y m e l Oxymel. All right, this next one. This is a Mayan drink made from fermented mixture of wild honey. Baliche tree bark and fresh water. That one, okay, that one I I have to... Yeah, I put that that on the original list and I have to kind of call bullshit on it because it was later pointed out to me that it's not really a meme. So, you know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, I kind of cut that one because I had it in my list originally and because I thought it was cool, and somebody was like, yeah, but you know, Vic, it's not really a need. <laughs> and what the hell is a boliche tree? Uh, uh, it's a, Well, they, they chewed, the, they, they, it was something that they used in ritualistic things, so, um, <laughs> you know, it got you high. <laughs> okay, this is a honey that's made with more honey than is typically used. The finished product contains a higher-than-average ethanol concentration, Above 14% ABV are generally considered to be this kind of mead. Well, the Polish meads are all like that. <laughs> Sounds like a sack mead to me. Yeah. There you go, AJ. Yeah. AJ's got a sack mead. All right. This is a uh, – well, no, let's go buy that one. That was too easy. Uh, quick fermented low alcoholic Finnish variety seasoned with lemon. Sema. The festival of Vapu. I'm a yeah. Sema, whatever. Sema, yeah. Sema, I've made it. It's nice. About Ethiopian and Iridian mead from Tej. Tej. Uh, Tej, you got it right there. Yeah, Tej is good. There's a there's actually a uh, Tej uh, meadery in California. I have a bottle in my garage that a friend made, and I haven't tried it yet. Fermented, uh, Maybe next wild, week. Uh, fermented with wild yeast and the addition of gesho. Yep. Uh, Hers didn't about- start very well with the wild yeast, so I suggested she took a little bit of bread yeast in it, and then it took off. There's another one. Uh, well, I can't say that part. Uh, this is this also <laughs> is an Ethiopian uh, style of beer. I'm not sure. I guess it includes honey. Uh, similar to a braggot. Come on, guys. From the same place. Nope. Tella. Tella Sua. Tella Sua is the style. 
Where the hell are you sure. pulling this from? That's not a style. It's a that's a uh, that's a uh, what they call it there. This is uh, come on. This is off of Wikipedia. The the know all of everything, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, Wikipedia half that, is everything. Half that damn half that damn list came off my site. Assholes. <laughs> finally, uh, I know. Finally, to say if you look at the bottom, they probably don't credit that. <laughs> finally, this is a Polish mead made using two units of water for each unit of honey. Oh, is it Trojniak? I can never remember. Got it. That's it. That's it. Trojniak. Yeah, because I think the Polterak is is um, more honey to water. Yeah, there's um, oh, there's there's like four different there's Trojniak, Dwozniak. I'm going to yeah. go back to yeah. one. Uh, I'm going to go back to one we did last week that you guys had such a difficult time with, which really, really surprised me. Oh, uh, Polterak and uh, Schwarzenegger. Those are the other two. Okay, this one is a Lithu- is Lithuanian for mead, made of natural bee honey and berry juice, infused with carnation blossoms, acorns, poplar buds, juniper berries, and other herbs. Was that Metavuka? Oh, come on. This is like the granddaddy of them all. And the, you know. <laughs> the, and, yeah, and I say that because, well, I can't even tell you that either. Come on. Lithuanian for mead. This is made from natural bee honey and berry juice infused with carnation blossoms, acorns, poplar. I mean, come on. Think, think thousands of years ago. Carnation acorns, poplar buds, juniper berries, all these things were out there growing wild. And someone thought they'd go nice in a mead. Yeah. Me. 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 Midovina. Midas, yeah. But it's not but that's not Midas. You're thinking Midas like the guy. It's not at all. Well, was, this is M I D U S, and that was M I D A S. Totally different. Close enough. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> when you're from oh, drink Southern more California, meat, it'll be close enough. Close enough. Uh, so, so, Vicky, the Wikipedia page does cite Got Mead for one one fact. Uh, it's it, you're cited on the line where it says uh, there are there are faux meads which are actually wines with honey added after fermentation as a sweetener. Really, flavoring. that is that, what they got from my that, site. That is effing amazing. Jeez, <laughs> I actually had somebody recommending one of those to me today, and then looked at it, read the read the uh, the product info, and said, "Oh crap, that's just a wine with honey in it." Yeah, yeah, and then realized that the blackberry wine wasn't even blackberry wine; it was grape wine with blackberry flavoring with honey in it. Yeah, well, that that, that was uh, that was actually my first, my very first what I thought was mead, and I think Vicky, uh, I think I, I talked to you about it on the phone one day. I came home with this bottle of uh, I can't even remember the name of it now. You know the name. Uh, but oh, it, uh, out, it, it was it was white wine. It's the Irish one, the right? Uh, yeah. Shoot, yeah. what's the name of the thing? Can't think of the name of it. It's actually tasty stuff, but it's not made. Well, yeah. I didn't even think it was all that tasty because it tasted like white wine with a couple tablespoons of honey in it. Oh uh, yeah, and okay, and the link they've got for Got Mead is no longer a valid link, so somebody's not paying attention. Uh, <laughs> Well, gosh, guys, uh, it was a heck of a show tonight, and uh, I guess we better wrap things up before it gets... Yeah, it's getting kind of <laughs> late. 
Can I do my shout out? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Totally. Okay. Mark, Heavy, and Nick, and Rosemall from Congate. Hi, guys. Thanks for listening. Those are the guys oh, yeah, still totally. Listen. These are my friends on my stupid addictive computer game. <laughs> what game is it? It's called Swords and Potions 2. It's really addictive and stupid. Don't join. It's dumb. <laughs> it's eating my life. But but AJ plays it every day. I, mean, I got sucked every into, day. I got sucked into uh, into um, a zombie game on my iPad. It's like oh god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's and it's and it's uh, and it's the Walking Dead. Uh, I don't know something edition. I can't remember the name of it now, but it's like oh god, really? <laughs> well, in my defense, it's what I do on the laptop while I'm supervising Ben Helsing's Boing Time. So. One there last uh, one last shout out. Uh, picked us up off of the uh, Mead Group. Uh, men, uh, this is a mention going out to uh, Mark Young, uh, Weed Mead. Apparently, he lives in Colorado. It's one of the biggest threads on this uh, Facebook group, uh, Mead. Uh, Weed Mead, yeah. yeah <laughs> seems, seems that uh, his family wants him to make some mead from weed so he's getting all kinds of suggestions that's a guy in colorado right yeah yeah exactly (laughs) Uh, there's been a couple of threads like that on got mead yeah and uh so we uh we thought we'd give him a shout out out there i don't know where in colorado but hey does it matter uh upcoming events 18th domers cup we talked about it earlier tonight mike tripka on the show tonight you got to check this out. Uh, sponsored by the uh, Savannah Brewers League, Savannah, Georgia. Uh, the entry window is open right now, and I'm, I think Mike said it's going to be extended here for a bit. You want to get in on this if you can. Uh, Domer's Cup uh, competition uh, is scheduled for February 6th uh, down there in Savannah, Georgia. This is an AHA BJCP certified competition. So this isn't like one of them county fair deals. Uh, you know, where you send your jar of jam. So uh, get in on this, savannahbrewers.com forward slash domerscup.php. Go there and check it out. Uh, next week, we've got the Fallen Timber Meaderies going to join us, uh, Nathan Ryan, Vicky. So looking forward to that show. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, going to be really good. We've got some we've got some good stuff coming up. Absolutely. Can't and. Big thanks to uh, Mike Kripka for uh, joining us here tonight. Tyson Perzik from Me Makers. Throw out a plug there, Tyson. Hey, everybody. I am collecting all the hashtags you use on social media, places like Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. If you have ones that you use for your metery, uh, let me know so I can keep them in my list. Yeah, I I responded to your uh, tweet with with the stuff we use. What's the website? Quickly, what's the website, Tyson? Meadmaker.com. M-E-A-D-M-A-K-R.com. No E. No E. <laughs> Big thanks to uh, Texas Dave and for Chris for, you know, you guys are just becoming regulars. We ought to just get them on the beginning of the show. Uh, Want to hear more about the uh, Olala Berry and Yupon uh, explosion you got going there, Dave. And then, uh, Chris, really looking forward to uh, the results from your uh, heart murmur project you got going so uh, until next tuesday night hey we'll see you then good night everybody say good night guys good night night guys good night guys <laughs> Bye.